That's Shannon from 1984, Let the Music Play. If you were in any dance clubs in the 80s, I'm sure you heard this song. They played it constantly. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Friends show. I'm Todd Dandruff Wotelis, and this is being broadcast live and recorded on March 15th, 2017. Pretty late, though, at 8.48 p.m. right now. In fact, it's so late that our free roll that we have every week... Our free roll, I would like to announce when it's starting, but unfortunately, it's already started eight minutes ago. (laughs) The good news is, though, the good news, it's not too late. It is not too late. You have 17 minutes to still get in there because we have 25 minutes of late registration. Now, if you want to laugh again, the amount of donations that we got for the free roll this week, it was very impressive. We got... Zero point zero. We really did. Now, I do want to point out something. There's a $200 donation from C-Money, which is currently, I shouldn't say in dispute, but we're kind of figuring out how to handle this because uh, he put some conditions on, basically that TMMLK has to come on the show for at least 20 minutes, which is fine. Otherwise, the 200 is not available. And that uh, if Team MLK wins the free roll that week, or, or I think finishes in the money, not even wins, but he finishes in the money, he gets the whole 200. And if not, and Lou Father plays and finishes in the money, then he gets the 200. But then it was complicated because Team MLK said he's not going to play in the free roll, and it, it, the whole thing became like a big mess. So people keep pressuring me, what about the $200? Why don't you use the $200? And it's because... I don't even know if Team MLK is available tonight, and I don't want to announce we have a $200 free roll, and then he doesn't call in, and I have to take the 200 away. So uh, until I can get some kind of commitment from Team MLK that he's really going to call in for 20 minutes and find out from C-Money if it's okay if Team MLK just calls in and doesn't play, uh, the 200's on hold. But it will be used. I have it. I'm just waiting to see exactly how to use it. Now, Handicap Me, he said that he would make up the difference when we're less than 50 for the next few free rolls. Well, we're $50 less than 50 this week, so I'm going to take them up on it. And this week it'll be a $50 free roll. So $25 will be for first, 13 will be for second, 7 will be for third, and 5 will be for fourth. So it's 25, 13, 7, and 5 for the $50 free roll this week, courtesy of Handicap Me, who is nice enough to... offer to do this when we'd come up short on weeks like this. Uh, I'm getting texted that C-Money said to use it anyway. I, I, I have to get more clarification here. I know at the very least he wants C-MLK to come on for 20 minutes. So uh, Let's see. Oh, we have another donation. And another donation. Uh, $20 from Trader Ruski. So thank you, Trader Ruski. And he's welcome to come on and co-host, of course. So that will change it to $70 this week's free roll. We, we went from 0 to 70 very quickly. So I'll make it 35 for first, 17 for second, uh, 11 for third, and 7 for fourth. So 35, 17, 11, and 7. And that's our $70 free roll. Thanks to Trader Ruski and to... Uh, to see money. Now, if, if I seem a little bit uh, slow tonight, I had a bit of an accident 
for the first time in my nine-year history of owning iPhones, I dropped my iPhone and it resulted in damage. Seriously, I've had various iPhones since 2008, and never once have I broken one. Never once, in any way. Now, sometimes they've gone bad, like the, the buttons stop working just from use, but I've never broken an iPhone, even though I've dropped them many times, as I'm sure every iPhone user has. But uh, I have a case on there. The case isn't in the best condition, but I don't even think that's what caused the damage today. It just, I think, landed a bad way. And I've dropped it the same way many times with the same case and never had a bit of damage. And today, the screen is shattered, so it's very hard for me to read. Now, I have an alternate way to read the texts we get for on the Poker Fraud Alert number. But uh, as far as the ones on my personal number, the only way I can read them is on the phone itself. And I've got to read it through shattered glass and also be very careful when I'm touching the phone, when I'm touching the screen, that I don't cut my finger because it's that shattered. It's really, really bad. So that's... If you guys want to text me tonight, it's probably better to do it on the main phone number to the show, which is 775-372-8355. 775-372-8355. That's our main phone number to the show and our text number. If you want to call into the show, you can either use that main number or you can use the Mount Charleston line. Mount Charleston is a mountain near Las Vegas, which houses a very old telephone, a 1970s rotary telephone, sits on top of Mount Charleston in a cabin and forwards to me wherever I go. And it forwards to the show tonight. 702-430-1808 is that phone number. 702-430-1808 is the phone number. Yeah, everyone's texting me out to see money drop the requirement. He posted it online. I believe you guys, but I, I, I want to announce it for next week. This is too short notice. You know, if we're going to have that much money given away, I don't want it to just be announced like a second, not even a second before it starts, so 14 minutes after it starts. So I apologize to see money if he really wanted it used this week, but I, I think we'll do it next week. So uh, anyway, 702-430-1808 is the Mount Charleston line. Now, Calwatt, you're here. Hello? What's going on, Druff? I, I thank you for patiently waiting through this uh, little spiel at the beginning. And you'll be glad to know, even though I think we have the sound effect thing fixed, like I bet you can hear this, right? <laughs> can you hear this? I can hear it. Okay, so that, it was Lyman fi- will love it. He'll love it, right. So that was fixed, thanks to Billy Buster, who, who searched the internet and found a tip on how to modify something in Skype, not a setting, but you actually have to delete a file in order to make this work. Just as a glitch in Skype, it's totally ridiculous. But the thing we hey, haven't so, we uh, haven't uh, fixed yet is the problem when you call me first that uh, uh, we can't connect other people. I was trying to connect Portrait or Ruskin, I can't. So I'm going to call you right back, and then okay. we will continue. So I'm glad at least we got the sound effect thing that, that bothered me so much, and I was even doubting myself and thinking that perhaps it's my fault in some way. You know, like when, when a kid's parents get divorced and he thinks it's his fault, even when it has nothing to do with him? I, I kind of feel that way with uh, problems with Skype. I just feel like if I was just a bit smarter, if I was just a bit smarter or more aware of the idiosyncrasies of Skype, I could do this. But it's just not working for me. I feel tremendous guilt 
But uh, we have uh, we have uh, Calwatt back on here. We're going to put on Trader Ruski now. And oh. while you're doing that, um, the chat's going to go crazy if I don't read it to you. So go ahead. Uh, 10.30 Eastern time tonight. See money posted. Fuck it. Throw, throw the whole 200 in the free roll tonight. If Lou Father gets in the top five, then he gets 100 out of it. If he doesn't play tonight, he is out. No stipulation for TMLK on the radio. $200 free roll it is. LOL at the drama surrounding this. Going to bed. <laughs> I'm still leaving it up to you, obviously. Yeah, see, I don't know. I, think, I, I, I understand. I you. think you got to kick it in, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, it's close. It's close because I. Uh, that means the Trader Ruski late regged. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the chip leader. No, just kidding. It is C Money's <laughs> donation, so I don't want to. I, I don't want to stomp on his wishes for this. So an, hour, an hour and a half ago is when he posted that. Yeah, so but it's up to you whether you think that's you know enough lead time or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's just. Oh yeah, you know what? Snake in the ass. He may be right. Did you spend that two hundred already? Is that the problem? Well, but I can borrow it back from someone. So that's not okay. the problem. I can I, I can get credit <laughs> from somebody here, I, I, even in the form of like a limit hold'em stake. But uh, the, the problem is here. I this is phantom a lot, deposits for the free roll and stuff now. <laughs> this is this is unfortunately like it's a large amount of money that we have for our free roll, which typically is a 50 to $100. So if we're going to have 200 I hate to announce it like 17 minutes into the free roll that's already going. And, yeah, I hear you. You know, i I, I, I got to hold it back. You see money, I apologize. If you want me to send you the money back, I will. But I just, just because there was a lot of stupid drama involving it. None of that was C-Money's fault. It was uh, C-Money tried to do something entertaining where he was trying to put uh, you know, whacking conditions on All it. All right, Druff. Druff. Yep. Fuck it. Two hundred bucks. I'll put it in. What? The last time for what? a while, the show's what? cost so much what? money. Put it in. Did you get like a large insurance payment from that tree? Is that is that what's uh, justifying I'm this? Sure, I'm going to take it up the ass there for that too. Uh, I I feel guilty. I, I just I, I felt so guilty tonight because it's uh, first first I uh, I started the show late, then I couldn't get Skype working right when you first called in. Then I didn't announce the free roll till after the free roll. Then Trader Ruski gave a pity twenty dollars because we had uh, not very much money this week, and I had to dip into handicap me's pocket. Then, That'll be two hundred and seventy. Well, but I said I don't even know if we should do that. Maybe we should just uh, do the two hundred. Well, you can't. I mean, you can't <laughs> trump other people's donations. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah I'll saying. still give my twenty. I mean, okay. if you want to let handicap me off because he just wanted to. I mean, Make sure you had a minimum of fifty. Yeah, I mean that it, probably right. Works. Right, two twenty. I'll even put in fifty, so then Cal Watt doesn't have to uh, put in so much. So why don't we just do two hundred? Cal Watt, fifty. You'll do one fifty. I'll do fifty. All right, I'm. I'm wow, game, this, man. Is, this is this is amazingly generous. I mean, I I really appreciate this. This is great, and this this shows us. Uh, it, this is good that I don't have uh, poor co-hosts. That's that's a good thing because if I, if well, I had- Andrew, think about it this way. I realize that you know it was late announced and all that kind of stuff, but what that means is that. You're rewarding your core listeners. Yeah, I know. You know I did. I, mean? I did think so about that. that anyone who why had not? the patience to wait for this to start, uh, maybe right. they should be rewarded in some way. But uh, they, you know, of course, the East Coast people, which uh, you know, you're one of them, they, they kind of take it up up the butt on this one because uh, oh, look, we we have fake Calwatt calling, which must be Scott from the East Coast. Here, let me throw him on here. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Scott from the East Coast, is this you? Yeah, can any of this be paid in Bitcoin? Because you know we're already playing, and some of us are like. And for uh, 
chips already. What, what, what about being paid in Bitcoin? I mean, I can pay in Bitcoin if whoever wins. Can you pay? Yeah, can you pay in Bitcoin since they're going to donate so much? Yeah, I mean, I, I can pay in Bitcoin. If I, I win, I want to check, brother. Okay. <laughs> he, he wants it in Bitcoin. I mean, I, that's fine. I, I have Bitcoin at the moment, and fortunately, the, the Bitcoin, the majority of which I received at about 1260 it's almost back there. So I, even that crash has not uh, devastated me here. Can I get it in uh, non-sequential $1 bills that you send to me? Non-sequential might work. Sequential might, might, might be tough. I can't, I can't believe we have, like, fake Calwatt on here. I, I gotta, I gotta remove that somehow too. Like, I gotta remove his phone number from your profile. It's really, I don't know how I ever got there too. It's just like you're on, and it freaks me out because, like, you're on. We're talking, and it says Calwatt calling. I think it's like your evil twin. But, I, but I've, le- I've learned it's actually Scott. I've Ralph, learned from that's experience. my secret. I am the evil twin. Yeah, and I've, I've met, never seen them at, the, at a party at the same time. Well, I've met both of them. They, they look different, but it, it could really be like an evil fraternal twin, maybe. Well, okay. They are both from the East Coast. So, so what okay. are we doing in this free roll? So, okay, so, bucks total, so, right? so, yeah, so it's going to be, uh, uh, yeah, I guess $200 total. Okay, very good. And, and, and we're going to hold C-Money until, until next week. Right. And, uh, and thank you to both of you. And thank you to C-Money for next week. And uh, this, this is great. And Okay, so here's, here's the new prize pool. Which I keep changing, but here's the new prize pool. This is going to multiply be, by ten. This is going to be great for the for the archive listeners. But the, the new prize pool, if I multiply by ten, I'm going to owe a lot of money to people uh, from my own pocket. So the first prize will be one hundred dollars, mm. cool hundred bucks. The second prize will be fifty dollars. The third prize will be twenty five dollars. I just keep cutting it in half. Uh, I guess that leaves us 25 more. So the fourth prize will be $13. The fifth prize will be $7. And the sixth prize will be $5. We're paying six spots. So that's uh, 100, 50, 25, 13, 7, and 5. That, that's, <laughs> that's it. This snake in the ass guy is hilarious. He's like, it's killing Druff to give all give away all this money. You can hear it in his voice. Well, no, it's actually it's actually it's actually not because it's not my money. I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, that's uh, uh, I, I do have some guilt, but aside from that, I've, I've, I'm always happy when I can hand out other people's money on this site, and then of course I get a lot of credit for it. People go, oh wow, Boker Fraudler, it's a two hundred dollars free roll, and I go, yeah, yeah, I'm such a generous guy. We don't even make money on the site. We give away two hundred dollars, and people just think they, they picture me opening up the Jew wallet and just uh, going to town for our listeners. And then in reality, it, it's my co-hosts who are coming up with the money, and, and others listeners such as C Money, Handicap Me, and uh, SMI Florida, and others who are just uh, repeatedly generous to the show. So thank you guys, and. Uh, so that if if you want to enter this free roll and have your shot at the two hundred dollars, then you can either go back in time twenty three minutes, or you can enter very very quickly in the next two minutes and get in there. And that's it. So it's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. Pokerfraudler dot com slash free roll has the rules, which still apply. The rules apply to this, and if you do not meet the requirements, you won't win the free money. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. All lowercase, exactly as it sounds. No dashes, no spaces, nothing like that. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. The call to listen line. Lyman may have made fun of it. 
Others may have mocked it. When I first announced that I was going to build it, people laughed at me. People said it's something no one would use. People said, what's the point? People said, this is only for listeners who are over 90. But I did it anyway. The Call to Listen line is a phone number you can call to listen to the show live or listen to it in the archives as it runs its streaming reruns when we're not live. Just picks a random episode and runs it. Then when that's over, picks another random episode and does that over and over and over until we start live again. That phone number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. Does not require a smartphone. Does not require the internet. Does not require a computer. Any phone in the world that can dial including a rotary phone, can listen to the show that way. 712-775-8162 doesn't even use a single byte of data on your data plan. Also great if you're driving in the hills or the mountains and don't have a very good cell phone connection. Uh, you cannot call the show using that number, though. It's just a way to listen. and it's, it's a line I'm very proud of. So if people insult this, it's like insulting someone in my family. Uh... If you forget any of these numbers I gave, don't worry about it. Just go to the radio page on Poker Fraud Alert. Click on the radio tab. They're all listed right there. If you try to call during the show and we don't answer, it could be we're having stupid Skype issues, or it could be just that I don't feel like taking phone calls at the moment. So just give it 15 minutes or so and try back, and I'll probably take your call. And if I don't, it's probably nothing personal against you. We probably just aren't feeling like taking calls. There's no screener here. So I've just got to throw on the callers if I take them. So if we're in the middle of a discussion of something and then I throw a caller on, it creates like an interruption. I, I've told you guys about this before. Uh, in January 2016, I, I had a very angry lecture from both Daredevil and Brandon that I was ruining good segments by throwing callers on in, in the middle of them. And I, I said, well, what, what can I do? I don't, I don't have a screener. I can't... Uh, screen the call or anything like I've, I've got to either answer or not answer so put benjamin to work I, I if he gets a little bit older i can put him to work if he can just stay up <laughs> he can already do it it's just a matter he's got to stay up late enough to do it throughout the show and uh his mom will probably get pissed if i ask ben to stay up until uh you know 4 a.m but that, that's why i don't answer i still have the scarring memories of of being browbeat over the phone for answering calls during good segments and ruining them. Even though neither of them are on the show tonight. And Daredevil, by the way, uh, he he and I might actually meet in person for the first time pretty soon. There, there may be a secret rendezvous with Daredevil. Even though he's not coming back to Poker Fraudler, as far as I know. I've never met him in person. But it might be soon. Just Just for those of you that think we had some sort of horrible falling out, and that's why he left. If we did, I wouldn't be meeting him. So, uh, yeah, the truth is, with, with all the co-hosts that have left or disappeared for a while or disappeared for good, none of them had a falling out with me. None of them did. I'm serious. Like, it, it's easy to believe one could, but it hasn't happened. It's it's never happened. So, I'm on good terms with every single co-host we've had on the show. Okay, so let's. Uh, here, here's the agenda. Then we'll get going. If you're not in the free roll yet, you're never going to be for this week because it's yep. it's over. It's over. Trader, you in there? I hope, right? I'm in there. 
Nice. Wow. You guys could win your own money back. How about you? Yeah, I'm in. Calwatt plays his best when he's his own money's on the line. Oh yeah. There, there was that one week he like he donated so much and won almost all of it back. <laughs> yeah, that worked out. Yeah, that was easy. You just you donate everything and you just win it all yourself. Then you're not out much. Yeah, out somehow it doesn't seem like a, a money making proposition though. Yeah, I, I admit it's it's like it's a negative free roll. That's true. Oh, by the way, there's a uh, for those of you that are on the forum, there is a March Madness bracket contest, ten dollars per entry. That PLOL is running. In fact, he even uh, made a URL on CBSSports.com that is named after me. The, the URL is like dandruff.mayhem.cbsports.com, blah, blah, blah. Dandruff Mayhem. I'm not even kidding. But if you go to the Flying Stupidity Forum, you can click on that. And uh, I haven't looked, but I, I believe you still have time to enter this. It's a $10 entry. PLOL is running it. I'm holding the money. So, thank you to him for running this. Just wanted to make listeners aware of that. I, I don't know if there's a restriction to enter. There probably isn't because you're really uh, you know, you're paying your own money to enter. It's not a free roll. So, I, I'm not affiliated with this, but it is running on this site. I thought I'd mention it. And uh, so, here's the agenda tonight. There has been a firing. You know, and Trump... Uh, fires people. That's what he was famous for before he became president. Uh, he did a you're fired moment over the weekend. He fired Preet Bara, the U.S. attorney from the Southern District of New York. Of course, the reason that matters to us is that he was the one responsible for Black Friday. Preet Bara was the one behind Black Friday six years ago that pretty much put an end to U.S. online poker. I know it's not completely gone, but it's mostly gone. Six years later, it's still mostly gone. So that was pre priority did that, and he is no longer working as a U.S. attorney. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about whether Trump did the wrong thing or did a bad thing. And we'll also tr- talk about uh, pre and Black Friday, why he did it, if we should blame him, if we should blame the UIGEA that pass the laws to allow this to happen, or if we should blame neither. We'll talk a bit about all that. Full Flush Poker, which is one of the, or should I say was one of the U.S.-facing online poker sites, uh, they went down in October and ran off with everyone's money. It was not a surprise because they had not been paying people for several, several months prior to that. I brought up on this show before that the only affiliate of Full Flush Poker, the only guy you could sign up through and get rake back, his name is John Brown, aka Conatron, or how he was how quaint on Poker Fraud Alert. Uh, oh, he, that site! I remember. Yeah, that. yeah. So he, the professional rake back, is the the service that was giving rake back for it, and he was clearly involved with them in some way. Anyway, yeah. they... He was the one giving them a hand job. Pretty much. Uh, FullFlushPoker.com has been purchased. You can go take a look. It's been purchased uh, supposedly by someone else, and there's an interesting statement, a kind of a weird statement up there by the new owner of FullFlushPoker.com, and we'll talk about what all that means. The Big Heads Up match is taking place in four days. Kate Hall versus Mike Dentali on March 19th. It will be 
streamed live on Twitch. I also believe it'll be an episode of Poker Night in America, though I don't believe it's airing live there. So if you want to see it, you got to watch on Twitch. I don't have the exact address to watch it, but I'm sure you can find it. Just Google Kate Hall, Mike Dentali, Twitch, or Heads Up Twitch. I'm sure you can probably find the channel to watch it. I'm going to try to remember to watch it. If I don't, I'll go watch it uh, on tape or whatever. But I, it's going to be interesting because unlike a lot of the other heads-up grudge matches, which are just pathetic marketing uh, ploys or staged grudge matches that where the participants just get paid, this one is a real grudge match. These two really don't like each other. These two really set up this match because they fought on Twitter. We've talked about it a lot on this show. So that is taking place March 19th. And Dan Bilzerian, he chimed in on this, on who he thinks will win. So we'll talk about that topic. When you think of tough guys in poker, maybe you think of someone like Mike Dentali. You think of some of these you know, big, muscle-bound guys at the table or you know, aggressive, scary dudes at the table that you're sometimes afraid to piss off because you're afraid maybe you know, they'll punch you across the table or maybe they'll find you in the parking lot later. One guy who you don't think of that way is Daniel Negreanu. Daniel Negreanu is not really known as a menacing figure, to say the least. But if you've been following his Twitter recently, he's getting more and more aggressive as he's spending more and more time at the gym. Is Daniel Negreanu becoming an aggressive gym meathead? We're going to talk about that. He even uh, made a, an aggressive statement toward one of the listeners of the show this week. Why did he go after Trader Ruski like that? <laughs> I mean, that's fucked up. You know, if that happens, if we ever have someone go after Trader Ruski, we'll we'll know that they've they've just really lost it. They've really gone over the edge. I, I can't ever see anyone hating or disliking Trader Ruski. They jumped the shark. Yeah. They all attack me. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I'll take one for the team. Yeah, there's just certain people that I've known in life that it's like hard for me to believe that anyone dislikes them. A Trader Ruski is one of them. And, you know, I wish I could say this about myself, that it would be hard to believe that anyone could dislike me, but your response would probably be... <laughs> and there are, you know, there are a number of people who dislike me, there's no question. But Trader Ruski, he's, he's well-loved by everybody. So, uh, vi- video poker. Uh, you would think that, in some ways, could be hazardous to your health, even if you want to ignore the, the bankroll implications for playing it too much and losing too much money. Maybe sitting there, just playing video poker, not exercising, just sitting in one spot for a long time. Maybe it can even be damaging to your uh, to your wrist, to your hands, from just you know, pounding the same buttons repeatedly. In fact, when I played a long video poker session <laughs> over a period of days, I actually did get like a video poker carpal tunnel. But believe it or not, video poker is being used by a Las Vegas hospital as a cure, as a form of therapy. So I shouldn't say really a cure, but it really is a form of therapy and to help patients recover. So we'll talk about that. I I thought you were going to talk about your teenage years. No, come on. Pounding the button relentlessly. No. (laughs) I was was wondering why you were laughing so much. This wasn't like a funny topic. That's like like where your mind went. I talk about playing video poker and you somehow connected to masturbation somehow. I'm good at that. Daily Fantasy Sports, they have become media bullies, I guess. Uh, AP, the 
Associated Press put out an article about daily fantasy sports and the industry, probably the two big sites, FanDuel and DraftKings, bullied them into issuing a, a laughable correction regarding the language used in that article because it made it seem too gambly. So I'll read you the correction that was issued and we'll talk about how uh, whether Daily Fantasy Sports had a point or if they were just being assholes. Finally, a holdover topic from last week. Last week when we didn't have enough time. We had a lot of topics and no time. This week we have a lot of time and no topics. So this week we will cover the topic of David Basoff selling off $99 million of Amaya stock after his hostile takeover was uh, pretty much squashed. He's, he's out. He's gone from Poker Stars. Gone from Amaya. He's taken his balls, taken his 99 million bucks, and went home. So, let's start off on uh, Preet Bara because this was, uh, not only was it a, kind of a weird story, but it happened on a Saturday, of all things. You just don't picture the, a, a firing of a U.S. attorney occurring on a Saturday, but it did. It actually happened on Saturday, this past Saturday. So, when a new president comes in, especially a president who is of the opposite party of the prior president, which is the case here, of course, usually all or most uh, appointees from the previous administration are fired or asked to resign. And that's just a, that's an accepted thing. It happened under Obama. Uh, it happened, I think, less, but it happened also under, under Bush. It just, whenever someone takes over, they want to appoint their own people, especially from their own party. If it's the same party coming in, you know, like, for example, if Hillary had won, then I bet a lot of the people would have stayed on because it's the same party, and uh, those same people could still be friendly with a new president. But usually, appointees from a Democratic president are not going to be very friendly to a Republican president. The Republican president is going to want his own people and vice versa. So this, you can say this is right or wrong, but this is what happens. So Preet Bharara, who is the man responsible for Black Friday, April 15, 2011, when the three major U.S.-facing online poker sites were busted all in one day. Poker stars, Full Tilt, and UB. Turned out that two of the three, Full Tilt and UB, were broke and had stolen all the player money, but they did not know that at the time. When they busted all three of them, they really believed that they were going to pretty much extort money out of these sites. Legal extortion, where they uh, they fine them for breaking the law, and they fine them some massive amount. That's what they thought they were going to get from all three. They ended up only getting it from Poker Stars. We've talked about that endlessly on the show over the years. So Preet Bharara was the one behind this. And when these busts occurred, they were enforcing a law called the UIGEA, which was attached to the Safe Ports Act of 2006, back in October 2006, ten and a half years ago. And it essentially, that UIGEA made it illegal to process real money transactions for online gambling. That means that... uh, if a site or a payment processor processes payments or withdrawals, you deposits or withdrawals for players there, then they are committing a crime. The UIGEA did not make it illegal to play on unlicensed online poker sites. 
And it even did not def- technically make online poker illegal. It just made the movement of money on and off the sites illegal, which, of course, uh, you have to do if you're going to play for real money. So uh, they were enforcing the UIGEA in April 2011. And Preet Bharara was the U.S. attorney who made the decision to do that, to go after them. He was the one who made the public statements about it as soon as it happened. Uh, He worked for the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York. Now, there's nothing special about that location. That is, uh, you may ask, why the Southern District of New York? Well, there's, there's various U.S. Attorney's Offices around the country. But for whatever reason, I, I never really found out why. For a number of years, the one in the Southern District of New York has become kind of an infamous office that goes after criminal organizations that have a lot of money. So they, they don't go after small-time organizations, even if they're criminal organizations. They don't go after small-time ones. They don't go after ones that may be bigger time but don't have any money. They, they go after well-heeled criminal organizations and then seize their assets. And then those assets are, are liquidated and then put into the coffers of the United States of America. The office itself doesn't get the money, but they get credit for these seizures. They get credit for the money that they basically earn for the United States, and they take it from criminals. So, for whatever reason, there probably is one that I never really researched, but the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York has specialized in that. That's what they do. What determines who they bust is how rich the organization is that they're going after. There's other U.S. Attorney's Office that don't, that don't necessarily use that as the metric for deciding who to go after. But this office does. So online poker seemed like a very soft target to them. Unlike other criminal organizations where it, it can be uh, a lot tougher to go after some of these hardened criminals who are very, uh, who are much more familiar with hiding their assets, um, there, may, may have, uh, there may be a lot of danger as far as going after them, as far as uh, harm to agents who might be involved. Online poker was a very soft target because all they had to do is get some warrants and take down some online poker sites. Just take over the domains through, through legal maneuvers, announce indictments, and basically hold these sites hostage in that they would have to pay some sort of massive fine to get out of any kind of charges that they are going to levy against the operators of the sites and, the, and their payment processors. And so, saying that uh, Howard Letterer and Ray Bittar were not criminal masterminds? <laughs> no, but Ray Bittar did pretty well for himself, considering that he's really not one. He, he managed to keep most of the oh, money. He, and, he just fucked everybody. Yeah, he, he owned the government pretty hard. Yeah. Oh, but, I got a heart condition. <laughs> I'm not compatible with prison. Okay, if you're not compatible, I guess you don't have to what go. What a great argument. <laughs> if I'm ever in a position where I, I might have to go to prison, I'm going to... Find a Can way you imagine be- some dude in Compton yeah. that gets pulled over by <laughs> you know the police and he's just like, no, wait a minute, man, I'm not compatible. Yeah, with I'm not compatible. I mean, 
it's just never going to fucking fly. It's ridiculous. So, so now we lost Trader Ruski. Let me add him back. Uh, oh, well, hey. Druff, while you're while you're looking for him, you're you're talking earlier about uh, having enemies, mm-hmm. or you know, some people saying they might not like you. Yeah. So, um, really good quote from Winston Churchill. So he said, "You have enemies. Good. That means you've stood up for something sometime in your life. So you can feel good about that." Okay. Well, this is an upside to everything. And I researched the, uh, for anyone who wants, are, are we talking about the kid hall dentally? Is that one of the topics? Yes. Okay, then never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, by the way, I see I got a text from, from One Step on 775-372-8355. He said, it's One Step. Please plug my March Madness twink and jock thread. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know what he means by that it, he starts these threads occasionally about athletes that he has gay crushes on and then he posts pictures of them and, and usually writes uh, dirty things about his, his fantasies about what he wants to do to these guys so he actually did start a thread I, I'm, I'm doing this as a service to our, our gay listenership or, or I guess even women that may want to see this but uh, I think it's more aimed at gay people there is a thread on, on Poker Fraud Alert. I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I'm not going to cover up the truth here. There, there is a thread on Poker Fraud Alert called the official March Madness Hot Jocks and Twinks thread. One step started it. So. Is this Grinder Radio? <laughs> I just I want to appeal to a, a wide audience, and I really mean I don't wide. mean I don't mean the poker kind of grinder either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that could be both in this case. So, anyway, get, getting back to... The pre bar. I don't know how we got to. I, I interrupted you. That's to, how. To twinks and jocks. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't even know why I mentioned. That. I just I saw he texted. I said, okay, well, I'll give him. I'll give him a shout out here for. He's been such a long time member of the site. I'll give him a, a weird shout out on that one. So anyway, back to pre Barra. In in April 2011, they went after those three sites. They abruptly went down. Nobody saw it coming. I remember I was taking a nap during the afternoon, and I, I got woken up by my girlfriend who told me something big just happened to online poker, and that uh, somehow Mikeon got a hold of her. I don't know. How, I don't know how he did that. He didn't, I don't think he had her phone number. But some, somehow he got a hold of her and told her to wake me up. And then me, Mikeon, and Brandon started a, a radio show. You know, we had Downtown Radio then, so we we did an emergency radio show to talk about it. We stayed on for about six hours, six and a half hours or so talking about it. And then we're like, well, okay, I think we've talked this one to death. Okay, well, we'll see what happens later. Goodbye, everybody. And then a little site called Quad Jacks that no one had heard of before is like, right. yeah, you know, uh, we're having a radio show now to discuss this. And they, they ran a continuous radio show for like a week. Right, <laughs> where where it was just constant talk about Black Friday, and that's what got them on the map. And we're like, ah, oh, we had it. You know, we were the ones who started. We were the only ones that had the idea to do an emergency radio, right when it started. And they went on right when we went off. So we we went our we blew our six hour load, and that was it. So yeah, back to Preet Bara. A lot of people in online poker obviously don't like him because he was responsible for these busts. Now. It has been suggested by some. Everything's partisan these days. Everybody has to like always defend their party, and if someone's in their party, they got to defend them, and if someone's in the other party, they, they have to bash them. So, 
Which is what they want, by the way. Yeah. So, so a lot of the Democrats or you know, left-wing members of the site are trying to find a way to defend Preet Bara, who is a Democrat. And they said, well, he was just enforcing a Republican law, the UIGEA, that was passed four and a half years before that. Now, it is true the UIGEA was mostly sponsored by Republicans, not completely, but I think 33 of the 36 were Republicans. But it was widely voted for by people in both parties, partially because it was on the tacked onto a bill called the Safe Ports Act in October of a midterm election year. So no yeah, one, that's the most horrible thing about it. Yeah, but but still, not only did they vote for it, but a, a lot of the Democrats who voted for it and were aware this was in there, they, they didn't give a crap. They were fine with it. They online well, because they politically they could not vote against that. Nobody could vote against. Well, that. yeah, no, but I'm talking about even privately what they felt about it. They, it's not like the Democrats were big friends of online poker or online gambling. Sure. Most of them either didn't care or some of them did, even didn't like it. Now there were some Democrats who felt that. Online poker should be legal. There were some Republicans who did, like, like for example, Newt Gingrich, who wasn't in Congress at the time, but he he came, he was one of the first people to come out uh, many years ago and say online gambling should be legal. And he's definitely not a liberal. So it, it's this is kind of more of a bipartisan effort in the first place, the uh, UIGEA, and, and all efforts to make online poker illegal. Even though it, it leaned more Republican in banning online gambling, it was not. A Republican versus Democrat issue. So that's the first thing to know. And the, the second thing is that having a law on the books doesn't mean it will be enforced. There are many, many laws on the books that are ignored. Preet Bharara went after online poker, not not from some sort of high-minded idea that online poker is evil and must be stopped, because he saw billions of dollars in it. He really believed that his office was going to net billions of dollars for the United States as a result of these busts of these three sites. Well, they, he also saw a, a uh, resume builder. Then that too. Yes, yeah. b- both things. So that that's all it was about. It wasn't about uh it wasn't about well, okay, I'm I'm really uh, pro online poker, but I got to enforce the law. What can I do? That's that's what I was appointed to do. That that wasn't that wasn't the situation. It, this was seen as a soft target for the government to seize a lot of money and and also you know for Prebar himself to make an, a, a name for himself. He was already known somewhat at that point, but he it was yet another thing he could do to, uh, to as you said, to build his resume as right. a powerful attorney general. So yeah, it could have been it could have been a farm of wild alpacas that you know, and if it somehow would have netted them money, you know, that kind of money, and been that easy to take down this illegal alpaca farm, they would have done it. I mean, they don't care what it's about. Yep. They care that there's some dollar signs there, and that, like you said, it's an easy target. Yes, and I don't, I don't think it had anything to do with poker. No, it yeah. didn't. And he, by the way, I will say that it wasn't just Preet Bara in that office who went after online gambling sites in 2007, which is before Barack Obama was in office and before Preet Bara was uh, involved with that office. That office busted Netteller, so. They had a history of going after online gaming, but he continued it, and he struck the biggest blow of all to online gambling. He, he really did. He, that, that was the biggest blow against online gambling was April 15, 2011. He chose to do it because it was a soft target for the government. Would, they believed they were going to seize billions of dollars. They ended up getting $750 million when it was all over, but that was, that was still t- 
time and money well spent, <laughs> time and resources well spent on that one. They can't say I they would say. they yeah. can't say they regret it because they only got seven fifty. It's not what they were hoping, but that was uh, still plenty to where it was not a waste of their time. So anybody defending Preet and saying, "Oh well, you know, he he didn't want to have to do it. He's a, he's a Democrat. He, this wasn't something he wanted to do, but he had to because the Republicans passed that law five years beforehand." No, that's it's not true. It was the, the the UIGEA was used as a vehicle to do it, but that was its existence. The UIGEA's existence is not why it happened. It happened because they they saw money, they saw dollar signs, and if you notice the principles involved in the whole thing. Everybody got a slap on the wrist. Nobody served uh, any kind of appreciable jail time. I believe every single person who who was arrested for this back then either was just never brought to justice. I I think there's very few left that haven't made some kind of agreement, by the way. But they were either just never found because they were in another country and never brought to justice. Or, for the most part, made some sort of plea deal, which got them either no prison time or relatively little prison time. We had someone on the show, uh, I believe it was in uh, 2012, we had, uh, either 2012 or 2013, I forget, but we had uh, Chad Ellie, who was one of the biggest payment processors for online poker at the time, on this show. He wasn't a payment processor anymore then, he'd already been busted for it. But he came on, in fact, he still listens to the show, so we, we can have him back on sometime, ask what's going on with him, what his opinions are about... Uh, current state of online poker and the payment processing and even about uh, Preet Bharara getting busted. But You're right. I mean, everyone got off. Even uh, the Seals with the Clubs guys got off. Right? That's true. <laughs> Every, everybody. Literally everybody. Yeah. So the, the, this wasn't really about bringing people to justice or putting people in prison. They That's why they made very sweetheart deals with a lot of these people. And they, this was about money. And they, they got plenty of money out of it. And that's it. So... That's the way the office would have worked if you know even if Obama had not won in 2008, let's say McCain won, let's say there was a Republican heading that office in 2008, would that office have still gone after online poker? Yes. So in that way, you can say, well, whoever's running that office is going to do it, so can you really blame them? But the bottom line is <laughs> the one who did it was Preet Bharara, and that's why he's very unpopular with poker players. Now, as far as his firing, there's a kind of a weird circumstance here. As I mentioned before, it's very common for the incoming president of a different party to get rid of all the appointees of the previous president and put his own people in. But where, where it got weird was that Donald Trump told Preet Bharara, hey, you know what, uh, I like you, you're going to stay. And then changed his mind and asked him to resign. At that point, Preet Bharara said, F you, I'm not resigning. And then Trump fired him this past Saturday. So that's that's why he's gone. Because on Saturday the 11th, four days ago, Preet Bharara was fired by Donald Trump, along with uh, 45 other uh, attor- attorneys, U.S. attorneys. But he was fired because uh, this is the whole reason that he was first told he's going to stay and then got fired. When Trump told him he could stay, Trump, I guess, was seeing him as... Uh, see, something about Pete Barr that was unusual is that most most of these people working for these offices are very partisan. 
they're, they're very, very loyal to the party that they're part of, and they will not prosecute anyone or go after anyone in their own party. Prepara was willing to prosecute some Democrats. He was still somewhat partisan, but he, he was willing to go after Democrats accused of wrongdoing as well. Of course, there had to be money in it, but he he was someone who was not seen as completely partisan, even though he was a Democrat. So Donald Trump at first said, okay, you know, you, you seem like you do a good job. He was uh, well-known, pre-bar, well-respected. So Trump said, okay, you can stay. Then he found out that Prepara was associated with uh, with Chuck Schumer, who, who's been going after Trump recently. So that changed everything. Once once Trump realized about the connection between Chuck Schumer and uh, and Prepara, then he didn't want him there anymore. And then it became an awkward situation where he says, "Well, I wanted you before, but now I don't want you anymore. Now I want you to resign." And Sapreet so was obviously not going to resign at that point. Uh, because he, just as an act of defiance, because he was pissed about the way it was done, and, uh, and he basically forced Trump to fire him. It wasn't a surprise he got fired. He he knew that would probably happen. But uh, what happened was uh, uh, on Saturday at uh, eleven twenty nine a.m., Prebara tweeted, "I did not resign. Moments ago, I was fired." Being the U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York will forever be the greatest honor of my profession, professional life. It's a weird thing to, you know, Twitter is so funny these days. It's uh, And you can kind of thank Donald Trump for this. Donald Trump was the one who kind of revolutionized Twitter for being used by politicians to uh, communicate things to their constituency, even, even controversial things. Where, yeah, this was going on somewhat before, but Donald Trump, like, you know, if you want to see what Donald Trump is thinking... You go look at his Twitter. And so now it's, it's become more and more common for political figures to make statements on, important statements on Twitter. So, so he, he, it was through Twitter that he announced moments ago I was fired. So he was told he was fired, preach, and he said, okay, better fire up Twitter <laughs> and then tweet to the world that I just got fired. And that's what he did. So, yeah, it was his association with, with Chuck Schumer and, and basically. Trump thought, okay, I'm, I'm not going to have an appointee who is working with someone you know, who's very close to someone who wants to ruin me, who wants to, uh, who's, who's trying to get me investigated. Were you going to say something? Yeah, just according to what I've read, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, Barr tweeted out. Um, by the way, now I know what the Moreland Commission must have felt like, and that's the commission uh, that was investigating Andrew Cuomo, uh, the governor of New York State, uh, and he ended up disbanding them, <laughs> basically to prevent them from investigating him. And so basically what he's saying is that, you know, <coughs> he thinks that uh, Trump had uh, gotten rid of him because he was going to be investigating him. Yeah, right. So what what happened was... Um when Prepara originally met with Donald Trump, Chuck Schumer and Donald Trump weren't at odds all that much. And then uh, since then, Chuck Schumer has, has called for an investigation into Trump's ties with Russia. And and then uh, Trump even publicly accused him of, of fake tears over the travel ban 
So, uh, so the, these two really dislike each other now. And since Barra is so close to him, he's like, well, I don't want this guy as one of my appointees. I'm not keeping him here. So even if, even if it didn't turn out that Barra would be investigating Trump directly, he just, he didn't want him anymore. He, he did not want someone that close to someone that he's really gotten to hate as one of his appointees. So it went from, yeah, I, th- I heard you're doing a good job. Yeah. You know, no problem, we'll keep you to, oh, crap, you're, you're close to someone I don't like, so you're out of here. So it, it was a weird situation, but you still have to keep in mind that usually, especially these days, when an opposing party, new president comes in, they, uh, they pretty much clean house and appoint all new people. So this was only notable because at first Barra was told he's going to stay, and then he was told to go. And then he didn't want to go, and then, yeah, which the, the whole thing Barra did was... was to draw attention to it. He knew that refusing to resign was not going to let him keep his job. He knew he was going to be fired, but he wanted Trump to fire him if he was going to lose, he w- if he was going to leave. He was not going to leave on his own. He wanted Trump to have the stigma of firing him after telling him that he could stay. And that's what happened. So, uh, Now, what about online poker? And the ramifications that have occurred since Black Friday. There's no question that online poker is tougher now than it was six years ago, that there's fewer options than there were six years ago, that it's tougher to get paid if you do win than it was six years ago. Uh, The rake-back deals and stuff like that are much less than they were six years ago. So I'm not going to argue that online poker is better today than it was six years ago for U.S. players, nor am I going to argue that we are particularly close to some sort of legalization for licensed and regulated U.S. sites. We have some fail sites running on the state level, but those are really a non-factor. And In fact, they're getting deader and deader with each passing month. Yeah, I think the will... The political will isn't there, and and frankly, I think the interest from the public isn't there. Yeah, it really isn't. So, we're not close. A a lot of people who just, you know, play poker because they like to get the gamble every now and again, they're just playing uh, the sports, you know? Daily fantasy sports. Yeah, that daily fantasy sports is really the growing fad here while poker is, is... starting to die. I mean, congrats to the World Series for marketing themselves so well and still managing to grow a bit every year, but uh, they're, they're really fighting an uphill battle, and every every other poker entity is declining. So, and that that's across the board. But, but to show you, by the way, U.S.-facing sites, while Ignition is, uh, is doing fairly well, which is the former Bovada, and, uh, you know, and the the winning poker network and the Chico poker network, they're doing okay too. But from there, everything's pretty much dead. And the legalized sites, uh, none of them have more than 150 average players playing cash at a time. The seven-day average, the most that exists on any of these legalized state sites is 150, which is pathetic. Yeah, it's like a bad day at the commerce. (laughs) A horrible day at the commerce. Yeah. So... Actually, I don't believe Commerce has ever had a time when there's only 150 players playing. Yeah, I, they, They're a big room. But even some of the smaller rooms, I don't mean the tiny rooms, even kind of like the you know, smaller rooms around L.A., they, they usually have more than 150 people. I mean, 150 is really a pathetic number for an average. And even their peak is usually not more than, two, than 300 players. So 
th- this is pretty bad, and we're really not close to any kind of breakthrough. California doesn't seem to be legalizing it anytime soon. Uh, there's talk about legalizing it maybe in New York, but that hasn't happened. That's yeah, and Ruff, I mean, I'm sorry. There's something I wanted to add to that. Though, out of those 150 people, I don't know the stats, but I would guess that a majority are playing like one cent, two cents. Yes, it is. It's mostly micro. <laughs> you know? Yes, it's mostly micro limits. That's that's totally correct. Yeah. So here, here's something you have to consider, though. Full Tilt and UB had stolen all the money, so those two sites going down was not a bad thing. Because they, they weren't going to get out of it. They, they had both stolen all the money. Full Tilt claimed that they, they wanted to make it right. They were just waiting to get some things fixed with the payment processing. And then they're going to write the ship. I don't believe that. I believe that they were at most going to just get enough money back to where they can process cash outs and that's it. They, they weren't going to go you know, rack up uh, $300 million that they had stolen and get it back for the players. They were only going to do what they needed to do to cover cash outs. I know this because they stole it in the first place. They they were happy to dip into that in the first place. And not just in an emergency, they they dipped into it the whole way. Not the whole way, but you know, for a few years prior to that. So the bust of those two sites, UB and Full Tilt, really did bust two scam sites, two sites that were stealing from the players. It was all a facade that people thought they had money. They did not. Now, poker stars, they had the money. And you may say, well, that was horrible that they got busted. Well, the problem is still, they, they were still operating with their own set of rules. Poker stars was really the judge, jury, and executioner for every player on there. And it, it didn't run perfectly. There were a number of controversies that happened, not huge controversies, but controversies where poker stars didn't do the right thing and where if they were a legalized and regulated online poker site, that they might have been forced to do something different. It's never good to have a site of that size regulating themselves, especially if they are a monopoly. And this had to happen at some point. You can't, the government couldn't just permanently look the other way while these large sites operated and regulated themselves, and as you saw, two-thirds of them turned out that they had stolen all the money and were not what they appeared to be. So that's exactly what the government was worried about. So I don't even blame the government for Black Friday. Many other people blame the government. Oh, the government's so awful. Uh, How could they have done this? What I feel is that the, the big problem is that not so much that these sites are busted, it's that they have not been replaced, that there's been too much red tape in legalizing and regulating U.S. online poker. So that's uh, that's something that I can criticize that the U.S. has done. There's six years later, we're really, aside from a few fail state rooms, we're really not close to having any kind of viable, legalized online poker in the U.S., and there's no excuse for that. And as you said... The interest has died down a lot, and even when this eventually comes, if it eventually comes, uh, maybe even the bigger markets like California are not going to succeed just because the interest in poker has been slipping. Just because, you, you, number one, it was kind of a fad to begin with, and number two, if these people can't play, if, if the public can't play very easily, they're going to lose interest in it. And by the time they can play, they're not going to really have the desire to come back, and maybe they will have moved on to things like daily fantasy sports. So... 
That w- yeah, a couple of years ago when the uh, WSOP.com first opened up, I mean, it was just a royal pain in the ass to get money on there to do anything, even though it was a 100% legal site. I mean, it, it was really irritating. I'm sure it's gotten a little bit better since then, but I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and you have all these credit cards that reject it because it's gambling. They just the whole thing has been put together very poorly. Some of this can be blamed on the way laws are written, the way the states require certain things to be done. Other things can be blamed on the companies offering it themselves that they did a lot of things stupidly and incompetently. But the tr- and a lot can be blamed on that the markets that they have are just not large enough to right. to support any kind of active online poker room. So Yeah, even in Europe they're desegregating the markets, you know. Yeah, you really do need a large pool of players for these to succeed. A very large pool because there's only going to be a very small percentage of the population that not only has the desire to play, but is willing to play online poker for real money. There's just a yeah, lot of people. It's like the the British royal family. You know? And it's just <laughs> If it gets too inbred, it's just not going to work out. You know, you, you need to widen the gene pool a little bit. Yeah, they, they definitely do. So that, you know, it was, as far as Preetbar, I, I didn't feel bad for him getting fired. Uh, number one, that's just part of the same political process that has existed with these appointees for a long time. So but that's that's number one. Number two is that he went after online poker as a cash cow for the government. So I, I can't even say this guy was a, a great U.S. attorney who, who just he had to enforce laws, so what can he do? He, he was head of an office that the whole point is to take money. And in many cases, they are taking money from hardened criminal organizations. And you say it's got to be a good thing if you take money from criminal organizations in, you know, the, take the money from the criminals and then put it in the coffers of the U.S. It's like a win-win, but the... I never liked where the motivation as to who to prosecute and who to go after is money. That just doesn't sit well with me. It's, law enforcement should never be about money. It should never be about what can we seize from this criminal organization. Now, if you want to keep the things that you legally seize from the criminal organization, fine. But that shouldn't be the criteria used to go after them. I, th- I think that's uh, a lousy practice. And even though Preet Bharara did not invent that practice, that law, that office was doing this before he arrived there, he continued it. And he happened to strike the biggest blow against online poker. And the, the one problem with that blow happening is that it happened so abruptly that the industry has still not recovered from it. And still, we do not have... Any kind of laws. Like, if you look at the way daily fantasy sports was done, the legalization of that, and it's not federally legalized yet, but it's kind of similar to online poker. It's got a skill element, a big skill element. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely gambling, but with a big skill element. It started up without any kind of licensing or regulation. It's kind of questionable whether it's legal or not. And the difference is, because this is happening later than poker did, a lot of state governments decided, hey, instead of trying to go after them, why don't we just legalize it? Well, I think it's not just that. I think it's also, I mean, the, this country's got a ton of just really ridiculous blue laws. And a lot of them are county by county and, you know, whatever. And there is a whole lot of, you know, kind of Puritan hangover to some extent. 
And I think that um, there just is that stigma attached to gambling. Whereas daily fantasy sports, you can say, oh, you know, it's sports. You know, and it just doesn't seem as, even though we logically know it's it's very, very similar in terms of it is really gambling, right? Yeah. Um, I think logistically it just doesn't seem like that to a lot of people looking at it well, yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah i bet with my friends all the time there's nothing wrong with that yeah that's, you know? that's a good point that it has the appearance of being much less gamble like yeah but what i want to know Druff, is okay i get that they're going after these easy targets to build the resume i get that they're going after these high roi targets to get as much money uh versus how much it costs to to run their prosecutorial prosecutorial office but where does this money go? Now, you said it goes into the, the coffers, but in the Southern District of New York, does that go into New York State's coffers? No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, it's the federal it, government. No, it's, it's, a, it's just a general fund for the United States government. It's okay. not, it's not, uh, not so, for New York. I mean, uh, did any taxes get reduced? No, any new programs no, course, get funded? No, I mean, what, what, what no, happens? No, it's just, it's, they just get more money. That's it. They don't, they're not, it's not really earmarked for anything. So it's a, if if your question is what what tangible good are we seeing the money's doing the answer is uh, we're really not seeing anything. I mean, is it just something that it's the budget is so big that it just doesn't fucking matter and it, it just looks it, sort of. Cool? I mean, yeah, yeah. It just it's right. It's something that even like if they seize two billion dollars, it sounds like a lot of money, but it, in terms of the federal budget, it's it's not very much. Right. So it's not going to now. They will have if they seize two billion dollars, they will have two billion dollars more in, in a general fund in the United States than they did before. So that right. money can be used for something. It doesn't just go in a black hole. But it, it is it going to make some major tangible difference in the life of the average American? No. But so, if you're running deficits anyway, does it really matter that there's two billion more there? Like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but it's still it's still money. Like, you know, would, like would the budget have been two billion less? If it wasn't there, I doubt it. I, I don't know, <laughs> but know? but the thing is, it is money that they have to spend that they can actually use. So I understand that part of it, but the I I just don't like the idea where that, that's not when they came up with the idea of the government being entitled to property seized from criminal organizations, uh, and, and then they can't get it. The criminal organizations can't get it back when they either are convicted of the crime or agree to give it up as some sort of a plea bargain. I understand that. But what I don't understand, or I understand it, but I don't like, is that this has morphed to become the motivation in who to go after and who not to go after. Then that, right. that was not why that was established in the first place. It was established well, in the first place. Well, at first, it's one of the factors, right? You know, and it's probably not the only one. It's not like they would ignore, you know, a, a mafia because they were making... Uh, you know, fifty million less. But but that that office in particular is is famous for that. That's that's what right. that office is known for. So that's and and that's why I'm sure Prepara what you know took the approach he did is the office before when he came in he's taking over an office that was trying to beat its own record every year for seizures. So right. what's he going to do? Saying okay, well now this office is not going to seize anything. We're going to barely seize anything. Now we're going to go after just we're going to go after the organizations we think are the most dangerous, but not the ones who have much money. And so then the year finishes, and he looks like a chump because he hardly seized any money. Where his predecessor, 
uh, sees big money. So that it's like a vicious cycle that they feel they have to outdo the previous one, or at least uh, keep up with the previous one, and that that's the metric in which they're judged, at least in this office, because it was known for this, and they, they feel they have to keep it up. Now, he doesn't have to keep it up, and he could say at some point, it'd be great if, and refreshing if someone said at one point, look, we're going to go after the criminal organizations that we feel are most dangerous and detrimental to the country, not the ones who have the most assets we could seize. And if if they happen to also be rich and also happen to have a lot of assets that we could take from them, great. But that's that's not going to be what motivates us to go after them. But unfortunately, that's not the reality. Unfortunately, yeah. the money is what motivates that office. And the, well, the, that's very similar, Druff, to the way a lot of governmental budgets work. From the point of view of they don't ever say, you know, oh, we don't need to spend uh, the money we're allocated because. They're worried that next year they'll be funded less. You know what I mean? So whenever whenever there's a, a budget for a lot of governmental or organizations, and let's say you know their budget's a million dollars, well, I mean they they're incentivized to spend that because they want to ensure that next year they'll get the same. Yeah, know? yeah. Uh, yes, it, right. So no one ever wants to come in under budget. <laughs> who, well, no, because who wants to cut their own funding essentially? Yeah. Yeah, you know? it, it's a, it's a, unfortunately a, a vicious cycle. So that's about all I can say about this. Preetbar is gone. Does that mean that we're going to be in a new era of online poker where without Preetbar going after the illegal sites, we're going to return to the old days? No, of course not. And I, his successor will probably go after online poker just as hard. So, right. so it's not something to rejoice about but if you want to just snicker that the guy who took away your favorite online poker site especially if you're a pro online poker grinder who found it very tough after black friday that the guy who was responsible for that is now out of a job yeah and he actually got fired you can of course have a good laugh at that there, there are actually some people who whose lives deteriorated so much after black friday that they're no longer alive uh, an example was uh, Chad Bautista Little Holdem. Now, he you know he died of a combination of alcohol and drug abuse, I believe. You know, it was something he did to himself. But his family said that it was starting from Black Friday that started a kind of a di- downward spiral for him. And there were a number of other people who had stories like this, where they they were, I guess, kind of fragile people who they were ones who could easily fall into addictive or, or harmful behaviors for themselves. But that when they were flying high with winning in online poker, everything was going much better. And as soon as they faced some adversity from that, then they went into a shame spiral. So I, I can't say... Well, I mean, I, you could say the same about a, you know, a, a hooker who isn't able to turn tricks anymore. No, too, of course. Right? Of course. And no, I'm not blaming pre-power for that. I'm just saying it, it, it's, it was just interesting to watch some of the fallout from this that it, for some people it was even worse than just uh, financial fallout for some people right. it was a fallout that for some people it probably things. saved them a lot of money <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> especially, especially especially the fish that uh, yeah. were losing that that chose not or even future fish that would have otherwise you know even maybe who not have played before that would have otherwise deposited on these sites and then did not they right. don't even, they don't even know they were saved so that's, for people that were trying to be pro tournament players just because they binked one tournament, yeah, yeah, that saved them a lot of money and heartache. Right, I thought of that too. Like people who were temporarily doing well but were 
going to fall. Yeah. And they didn't have a chance to fall because they couldn't keep playing. So hey, they, they got, it's like market timing. They got out at the right time. Yeah, they, they, just, they were forced out, I guess. They, yeah, they, forced, they were forced out as winners. Yeah. I'm sure that that happened. Like, it had to, you know? Yeah. Well, I've, you know, when sites have gone down, I've even thought of this for myself. Like, when I've played on poker sites that have just gone down or gone, even if not down, but just went dead to where the games I play weren't running anymore. Like, I, when I'm playing on a site and doing well, I'm always thinking, like, when's this going to end? Like, when am I never going to play another hand of poker on this site? And it's kind of hard for me to picture when the games are running every day and I'm doing well and I have a good bankroll on there. Then, then if I run bad and bust, then it's easier to picture. I'm like, ah, I'm not sure if I want to. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to put money back on here. But, but, but you know, a lot of times, sometimes though, it did, really did end just because the site either went down or kind of just went dead, and the games weren't running anymore. And and I thought to myself, in the times where I didn't end on a downswing, I thought, well, I wonder if I wonder if this actually. Yeah, what if I quit at my high point? What if I was about to go on like a massive downer here, and it just happened to end here for me? Right. But you never know. It could have been the reverse. I could have... Uh... Well, I mean, if you've done, and I'm sure you have, if you've ever played around with a variant simulator, I mean, you know that just looking at it, you could be any one of those lines. You know what I mean? And if you, you put in your expected win rate, and then you look at all the, the different variant lines, and you could be any one of those. So, I mean, oh, you definitely... I... <laughs> you know, years ago, I remember I was looking at the, when I was playing like a lot of 100, 200 on poker stars, 100, 200 limit, and I'd be on a downswing and I, and I'd start looking at like, what could be causing this? And one of the things that was disturbing was I figured out that in just like, I, like I thought of a number of big pots that I got screwed out of the, on the river. And I, I realized like, just take of all the hands I played over a long period of time, just like take like 25 big pots where I was a big favorite on the river and lost or coming into the river and lost. Give me those 25 pots and the entire downswing is not only gone, but I'm doing fairly well. Right. And I thought, wow, that's a, now, yes, you know, that's, I'm, you know, even when it was a big favorite, you're not going to win 25 to 25, but, and of course there's ones I didn't get screwed on the river that I don't remember, but, but still I was thinking, wow, you know, there's a reason I have a perception that I'm running poorly. I probably was running poorly. So I was thinking, wow, if I just, if you just take tw- of all these many, 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 like hundreds of thousands of hands, just take 25 of them and, and, and change the results. And it changes yeah, the whole way. You can't do that. I mean, you just drive yourself crazy. No, I know that. I know. But that's, a, that, that's where I was realizing, like, just how, how much the variance can be with these things is that right. uh, just something that seems so small. If they go a different way, can totally change the perception of how you're doing, or and actually how you really are doing. That's the perception. Where you can it can change uh, those twenty five hands could be the difference between a a big downer and just kind of an okay streak, and, and then like an okay streak and a hot streak can be those twenty another twenty five that you won that you otherwise would have lost. So it, it's it's not a very large number of hands that that can make the difference there so yeah it, it, it can easily go both ways and i've seen this many times before you know of course of all the hands of poker i've played especially online where you get so many hands in so i talk about a site where no one's getting hands in anymore that's full flush poker now as you're listening to this please go to fullflushpoker.com as a visual aid because we're going to talk about what's on there. I've been there. So fullflushpoker.com was the site 
the flagship site for the Equity Poker Network. I, we talked about the Equity Poker Network years ago when this first started. I thought it was a dumb idea. And it, it was started as a non-profit online poker network where the network doesn't profit and, and the skin and the skins had to pay all these different taxes like uh, to the network if uh, if they don't have enough fish on there they were trying to penalize skins that were just uh, recruiting grinders and not recruiting fish and there are a bunch of weird things involved with that but full flesh was the, was the flagship skin I mean they, they were the, they were the skin of the network that the network itself ran then they were really the main place to play if you wanted to play on the Equity Poker Network. And it never really took off. It had some moderate traffic. But the, uh, it, it was active enough to where it, the site did have some substantial winners and losers. And there were some people who ran up some fairly big balances. Well, surprise, surprise, they started to have problems in 2016 with paying people. The old story of uh, the checks in the mail, still processing. Uh, people's cash outs got delayed, delayed, delayed. And you know, for a lot of 2016, people just were not getting paid any money. Some had bankrolls on their like $50,000. They were just stuck. So obviously people got very concerned about this. Now, it was brought to my attention in the middle of 2016 that a user of Poker Fraud Alert, not a very active user, but a guy who posted occasionally who under the name How Quaint, a guy I know, I've never met him in person, he's never been my friend, but we've, uh, we've played a lot of Limit Hold'em online together. We, uh, you know, it goes back many years. I think I first saw him in early 2007 playing online poker. He probably even goes back before that because he was playing like the limits I was playing at that point. And... He also ran a site called Professional Rakeback, which is still up, which is a rakeback site. So I, I knew I knew of him very well. In fact, occasionally he'd bring to me some kind of scam he wanted me to look into. He'd say, "Hey, you know, hey Todd, uh, check into this. I think you want to talk about this." And he, he was a big uh, anti-lock poker guy. He was someone who was really getting on the case of lock poker and all the shady crap they were pulling and how they weren't paying people. And he was calling out those that were apologizing for them or defending them or their pros. You know, he was really anti-lock poker, very much like I was. So, you know, I had some issues with him personally that I won't bother getting into, but, but, but we were on okay terms, and I, I at least had respect for him for the most part that he wasn't a scammer. Like, I, I saw him as kind of like a hustler and someone who, who was really trying to squeeze every dime out of people. He, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that pissed me off about him. Back, back on uh, the Merge Network, on Carbon Poker, he played me heads up under a new account and didn't tell me who he was. Like, you know, I, I knew him, he knew me, and he just, you know, he played me knowing my play style, and to me he was a new user, and it turned out, you know, it was, it was him. His excuse later was that his new screen name was kind of similar to his old one, so I should have figured it out myself. But it's not, it's not like he just took his old screen name and put like a one in front of it. It was just like kind of similar, but not obvious. So crap like that made me think the guys, and I've heard other stories from other people, that the guy's just, he's always trying to get the best of it to an extreme, to where you, you just feel like he's, he's always looking to screw you, always, not, not screw you like scam you, but always trying to look for the best of it in any situation to the point of uh, uh, fanaticism, to where you may not want to deal with him. But I still, despite all that, I, ne- I, I thought that 
past that, he was honest. He was going to outright scam anybody. He wasn't going to outright be an accomplice in any scams. He'd also been very outspoken against a lot of scam sites like Lock Poker. Of course, that doesn't mean much. We've seen so many people over the years that are very outspoken against scammers and turn out to be scammers themselves. Well, it looks like, at least to some degree, this is the case here. And we've talked about that before on this show. Uh, so the operator of, of ProfessionalRakeback.com, his real name is John Brown. He lives in the South. Uh, and he was the only affiliate of Full Flesh Poker. The only one you could get rake back through. I think like 35% rake back. But he, he bragged about, I'm the only one. The only affiliate. And he was. So he obviously had some kind of good relationship with them to be their only affiliate. Why would Full Flush refuse all other affiliates? So I figured he either owned part of it or had such a close relationship with them in some way that they let him be the only affiliate. And right on professional rake back, you'd see these you know, advertisements, Poker Room of the Week, and it was this Poker Room of the Week every week. Full flush poker, yeah, and it'd have some sort of bonus or, or promotion that you'd have to click on, you, and then you'd get if you signed up through his site. He had all that crap still running all the way through August 25th, at least I, f- I found that through the internet wayback machine. It could have been even later. But at least through August 25th, 2016, he had all that crap on his site still, despite the fact that it had gone months since people were last paid, and he was very, very aware of it because he was discussing this with people on 2 Plus 2, and in fact even buying up the full flush money at 30 cents on the dollar. Claimed he was doing a favor to people. I think he was getting some kind of priority cash outs or partial cash outs that made this worth his while. Again, this is a guy who never takes the wrong end of things voluntarily. So, in... uh, May of 2016, someone had started a, th- a thread on Poker Fraud Alert called ProfessionalRakeback.com is a scam, and they are pro- promoting a scam poker site named Full Flush Poker. And it's, it's, it's a six-page thread. It's on the scam scandals and shadiness portion of Poker Fraud Alert. It's still up there, and it details this whole situation. So, uh, so anyway, in October 2016... Full Flush went down completely. At this point, they were just gone. You could not connect to the site. You could not play on the site. You could not contact anyone involved with the site. It was just gone. So there's no question at that point that Full Flush was over. And the entire Equity Poker Network was over. So the entire thing was gone in October. Just about five weeks after, at least five weeks, you know, it, could have been, it could have been less than five weeks, as if it was still being advertised on Professional Rakeback as the site of the week. And he even had reviews he had reviews on on a professional rakeback of full flush poker, and in these reviews, he did not, did not mention once about any of the problems with the payouts. In fact, let me read to you what this idiot said on his own site. Uh, let me get here. this guy I guess I'll, I guess there's two threads here I'm trying to look on two plus two there's a uh, there's two threads about equity poker network here we go this is the review on professional rakeback of full flush poker is full flush poker legit professional rakeback believes that they are 
This is in August 2000, late August 2016, like five weeks before they went down. Professional Rakeback does not offer any poker sites we do not personally risk our own money on. Should we ever come to believe that Full Flush Poker is not a legitimate poker site who pays its players promptly and offers fair games, we would pull them immediately. <laughs> well, that's not even true. They hadn't been paying for months at that point, for several months. Then it says, why is my payout still pending? This is in their fact. Typically, payouts are processed between three and ten business days. <laughs> this is in the guy's review. And he knew this wasn't true. You know, He had been admitting himself on there that they weren't processing payments for months. Uh, if your payout has been pending for more than ten business days, contact support. So uh, this is in his own review. So the guy, he was leading new lamps to the slaughter. He wanted new people to sign up for Full Flush. And he even indicated kind of this way when, when he was justifying why he, why he was still promoting it. He was basically trying to say the only way the room's going to stay up is if they get new depositors. So he was trying to lead Lamps to the Slaughter to sign up to this scam poker room that had stolen all the money so they could get some more money to pay out those waiting to withdraw. Robbing Peter to pay Paul. Classic case of that. So that occurred. Went down in October. So why are we talking about this today? Well, again, let's go back to your visual aid, fullfleshpoker.com. If you go there, you will see the following. You'll see the Full Flesh Poker logo with a very crudely drawn red circle with a cross over it. You know, like, like in Ghostbusters, so that over the ghost is the same thing. Saying, like, no Full Flesh Poker. So this is what it says on there now. Looks like an autistic 12-year-old put this site together. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> It, it looks terrible. It says, Full Flush Poker and the Equity Poker Network closed operations as of October 2016. Players with unrecoverable funds should continue reading below. Okay, let's read. We are the new owners of the domain fullflushpoker.com, pur- purchased via auction. We are not associated with the prior owners. We do not have your money. We are not liable for the debts of the prior owners of this website. Please continue reading. Okay. Then they have another little <laughs> Full Flush Poker with a cross out through it just in case you missed the first one. The Equity Poker Network has gone out of business. Full Flush Poker, the flagship skin owned and operated by the Equity Poker Network, has also gone out of business. The owners have ceased returning calls, instant messages, and emails. Sources tell us they have relocated from the countries in which they are operating. A number of parties were financially injured as a result of this company closure. Player balances were left outstanding, software vendors were left unpaid, marketing affiliates were stiffed, and employees in the Costa Rican offices did not receive weeks' worth of pay. There's supposedly a pending lawsuit. Though no evidence of this litigation has been publicly released, it may very well be a scam. Even if it is legitimate, we do not feel that the attorney, even if the litigation succeeds, will be able to recover any funds. And then here is a good explanation of where, why it would be likely to fail and the link opposed on 2 plus 2. Furthermore, it's like Doug, Doug Polk is their lawyer or something? <laughs> well, actually, the, the guy who's behind this lawsuit, actually, the main place he posts is Poker Fraud Alert. His name is Game Protect. And I have to admit, the whole plan he has seems kind of strange. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, the lawsuit and the people promoting it are unknown and unproven. Thus, we do not recommend players to, to provide personal information to these parties or to send any money up front as they have requested. To be clear, we are not associated with, nor do we endorse these parties. Now, that part's good advice that uh, I don't believe you should be paying Game Protect either. Or if, I, I think the whole thing, number one, is unlikely to succeed, and number two, if it does, they can't collect. It's ridiculous. I don't know what the guy's even trying to do. A group of concerned affiliates and online poker sites have come together in an attempt to help victims of the Equity Poker Network and Full Flush Poker business failure. We are the world. (laughs) I should have that ready. 
let me read that again. A group of concerned affiliates and online poker sites have come together in an attempt to help victims of the Equity Poker Network. Wait a minute. A group of concerned affiliates? There was one affiliate. That's it. It was John Brown Professional Rakeback. That was the only affiliate of, of Full Flesh, unless they mean affiliates of other sites. And then an online poker sites, but which ones? Why don't they state that? Our goal is to provide a means by which players might recover their funds. While we finish working out the details of this program, we are asking players who have suffered financial harm to contact us and provide information regarding the extent of their losses. Players do not need to provide any personally identifying information when submitting a claim. Hmm. So they're, they're claiming that they, they're not responsible, but they're a group of concerned affiliates and online poker sites, even though they won't say who they are, and they're going to help you. So if you click the Contact Us form, then you, you get to find out what, what's uh, going on here. This generous offer made out of the goodness of their hearts. There comes a time, everybody. We are the new owners of the domain fullfleshpoker.com. Purchased at auction. They have that same BS about the we're not liable, blah, blah, blah. If you're one of the unfortunate players who suffered a financial loss due to the closing of Full Flesh Poker and the Equity Poker Network, we want to know about it. Simply fill out the contact form below. We will get back to you via email as soon as possible to discuss your losses and whether or not we may be able to help you recover any of your lost balance at a participating poker site. If you have any screenshots, emails, or other evidence to bolster your claim, we encourage you to gather these materials. After we have read your submission, we will contact you via email and request this additional information. A lack of screenshots or emails does not necessarily exclude you from participating in our offers. Players need not submit any personally identifying information now, nor in the future. We're taking your info. We're going to get you all your money back, stolen by Full Flush. So, So who's really behind this and why are they doing this? So someone bought this domain via auction, which I, I did hear something about an auction a few months ago, so this is probably true, or maybe true. I shouldn't say probably. But well, they domain were... auctions go on all the time. Right, right. So that's the, so, but who bought this? Who bought this? Obviously, this wasn't just bought by some random, because the random... Teacher, teacher. I know, I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> who do you think bought this? I know who bought this. Who, who bought this? I mean, come on. Who was their only affiliate? Yeah, right. I, exactly. So He's the one that bought it. Because if you click on, uh, there's a link there where he says, a group of concerned affiliates and online poker sites. You click that, and you go to professionalrakeback.com. So I, don't, I, don't see a, I don't see a link, though. Oh, it's a link. Where? I, don't, I, don't see, I can't click that. It's, it's not... Uh, I see contact. Well, it, it's a link. I mean, they may have fucked it up. Um, but poker sites is the actual. I, I viewed the source of it. 
Oh um, wait! Oh, you're right. Oh wow! I see this. The, the, you, you discovered something new that I hadn't seen. You're right. It is a link, but it's it's not an obvious link because everywhere else they have these obvious links in green. This is mm-hmm. in the same font, and it doesn't appear to be a link. But if you click poker sites, it takes you to professional rake back. Jeez. I can't imagine who bought it. I wow! Mean, what a, okay, I'm, I'm confused. I was going to say anyway. You know that. It seemed like it was him, and even the writing style. I got used to this guy's writing style from seeing his writing over the last decade. This even looked like his writing style, and that's not conclusive, but this this really, this really seals the deal that he uh, linked oh. himself. I mean, of course, yeah. Look at that. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> so okay. So, so, so this was bought at auction by someone in quotes who's concerned. Yeah. Concerned for you. And they they want to uh, to know about your balances and, but they're ha- not harvesting information. No, no, they're, they're no. not. They're, they just want to help. They just want to help. Yeah. Now, listen to this. You want to hear about uh, what a nice guy this John Brown is, of professional rakeback. Here's someone singing his praises, and I believe a real person. I don't even think it's a shill. I think it's a real person singing his praises. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I really think it's a real person. But this is what the person said. says, I know Conatron, that's what the name he goes on 2 plus 2, has taken a lot of heat in this thread, but I'd like to share my story as he's been making efforts to help me recover my full flush poker money since November and recently paid me the first installment of restoring my $21,500 balance. He's Does been my... Dog his head? Because <laughs> I hear he'll just shill anything. Yeah. He's been my affiliate for the last several years and I signed up through his site for several different poker sites including Full Flush Poker. After they went down we hadn't talked a while since July 13th until he messaged me on Skype on November 10th. He told me he was attempting to find ways to help his clients recover their funds. He offered to set up a personal monthly rake race for me to recover my total funds and after much delay on my end due to travel I received a payment $1,000 from him for the first two months December and January of my play on a different network. What a great guy. So he said, look, you're out 21500 on a site I was shamelessly promoting even several months after it was clear they weren't paying anyone. You said the guy's name is John Brown, right? Yes. J-O-N I'm gonna, Brown. I'm, I'm going to crib from from Abe. I mean, this, <laughs> this guy giving the testimonial, uh, he definitely has a throat shaped exactly like john brown's <laughs> so, so so he's saying that he, that he he had a twenty one thousand five hundred balance that went away because of a full till a full, full flush going down and that john brown nicely offered him a rake race to play on a different site and earn back his own money through raking and that he earned a whopping thousand dollars from two months of play five hundred dollars a month he earned back by basically raking heavily on another site, of which, of course, John is earning either all of that back anyway, or is earning uh, like maybe even more because you get a higher rate of payment. The way these affiliates work is they get a certain percentage of the rake back depending on how much is raked, and if you if your clients collectively rake a whole lot, then you get a higher percentage back. So, getting someone like this guy to grind hard on another network could, could make John more money because they get back a, a better percentage of the rake. And and this guy has no clue that's happening. So, uh, but even if you want to say that John is giving him a little bit extra, he's going above and beyond. If you want to even say that and give him the benefit of the doubt here, uh, 
this is only being done for someone that's been one of his customers for several years who's made him a lot of money. So it's one of these things like, okay, one of my customers got screwed. Or a few of my customers got screwed who are really, really making me a lot of money over the years. So I better keep them happy in some way. So he, he throws them some very small bone of, of giving them a personal rake raise where if they rake a whole lot, which benefits him anyway, then he gives them some extra money. That's what's going on here. This isn't recovering his funds. So recovering his funds would be, look, you've been a great customer the whole time. We're just gonna, I'm just going to give you the $21,000. i am going to give you half the $21,000. i will give you a quarter of the $21,000. Like, I'm just going to give you money, no strings attached, because we promoted the site. We made a mistake. We promoted them months after it was clear something was wrong. We screwed up. Here's some money back. Instead, here, how about you rake a whole lot more and we'll give you some, some better rake back. That's, that's not doing something for you. That's just a, a promotion for his, his existing business. So it's, it's ridiculous. So he says, I never expected to have any way to recoup my full flesh dollars. Well, you still haven't. And it never crossed my mind that my affiliate would help me recover my funds. I think you're right about this guy's throat. Oh, yeah. I, I would have been playing on this other network regardless, and now I'm starting to recover the full flesh funds I thought well, I'd never see again with no additional work. And not only that, my hair is growing back, and I'm more attractive to women. <laughs> Everything's going right in my life now. Thank you. Thank you, John. What a generous... What a selfless guy. My full flesh money was gone. I thought I'd never see it again. And with no additional work, he's putting money back in my pocket. Thank you. What, though? You got to be impressed, bro. For, for a guy that is swallowing cock, you can type pretty well. <laughs> it's not, I mean, that can't be easy to do. Yeah, so, yeah, so I mean, this, is, this is beyond ridiculous. So, so what he's basically doing here is he's... he's Getting people who were grinders on that site, many of whom may not have been ones who were his customers, maybe are people who were playing without rake back or whatever, or even ones who were his customers that he try to he tries to get them back and says, "Hey, well, I have a way for you to get your money back. You just got to grind a whole lot on these other sites over here, and and then I'll start giving you some extra money to pay you back your full flush balance." And the guy, he's hoping the players are like this guy. Well, okay, I was going to play there anyway, so I get extra money now. Okay, sweet. Thanks for making it right for us. Wow, you're a swell guy. No. All you're doing is being told to rake extra, and then you get paid for raking extra because he's getting paid for you raking extra. That, that's all that's happening. Or he, he's trying to keep your business for the future because he's seen you've been grinding and grinding and grinding for years. He doesn't want to lose you over this situation. So he finds a way to pay you a little bit extra to keep your business long term. That's all he's doing. He's not making it right for you. Making it right is just saying, okay, we screwed up. Here's the money. Now, if, whether you want to stay with us or not, that's up to you. That's making it right. So, yeah, and, and absolute worst case, he's at least harvested a bunch of emails that he can market to or sell a mailing list or do whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I mentioned that also on, on Poker Fraud Alert. I said that uh, this is before I even knew he was for sure the one who's running that site, though I suspected it. Uh, and that link, by the way, that they put in there? Yeah. They, I mean, you're right. They they went out of their way to hide that link, so it didn't look like all the other neon green links that are there. It's just really weird. Well, why is that link even there then? Why even put it if you're going to hide it? That's why. That's why it's really weird. I mean, I don't know. It's retarded. That's so weird. 
So uh, he's he's a weird guy, though. The only picture I've ever seen of him, by the way, was one from 2006 from his MySpace, which he promptly took down when I posted it on Poker Fraud Alert. But I still have it. But it's like this very grainy picture, like really grainy picture of him and some other guys in his frat dressing as women. All right. The only picture I have of him is him dressed as a woman, which I was smart enough to save because I knew I knew as soon as I posted that he was going to take the MySpace down, and of course he did. But well, maybe he's gender fluid or whatever. The <laughs> but he's term. he's he's still in the U.S. He, he's living in the South, and uh, I haven't posted all his info yet, but I'm considering it because he's uh, he, now he's trying to profit from this again. The, the guy just doesn't know when to quit. Now I, I don't know how much he owned a full flush, or maybe he didn't own anything. He was just very close to them, and they're only affiliate, and they, you know, he was the one in charge of getting people over there. Like it's very possible that they gave him the sweetheart deal. And he was so thrilled to have the sweetheart deal be their only affiliate that he wasn't willing to admit it was over and that he was willing to lead more lambs to the slaughter to try to save that cash cow. It's very possible that was what was going on and he wasn't there, – there's no way he was dumb enough to think that they were going to pay people. This is a guy who's been around in online poker for over a decade. He's played a whole lot. I've played with him a whole lot personally. He was a winning player, by the way. He – Lost money personally by his own admission on other sites that cheated him and went down. So he knows all the signs. We all know all the signs. Like we, we know the whole procedure. When a, when a smaller site especially starts having issues with paying people and making excuses and months go by and nothing gets resolved, you know where it's going. I know where it's going. He knows where it's going. He knew what was happening. He knew they were broke. He knew they weren't going to pay anyone. He knew they were in hot water. He knew that... What happened was the likely end to this story, but till the bitter end, he was leading people to deposit there with reviews saying that it's safe and that they pay within three to ten days. I would love to see, if there really is a lawsuit, I'd love to see this guy get sued, because he's in the U.S. I don't think he's leaving the U.S. I know for some time he lived in Mexico, but I think he's back in the U.S. now. I would love to see him get sued, because he, he really was knowingly leading people into the scam. He wasn't just some affiliate who, who threw up an affiliate page and wasn't expected to know what was happening. He knew. He was even defending them when he was told what was happening. So, And he was their, their only affiliate, too. So, and now he's putting up this stupid, you know, now he goes and buys the, the domain. What a joke. So, that's what's happening here. Let's check the... Uh, text messages we've got today. <laughs> Larry Laffer said, are we still on the intro? <laughs> <laughs> so our next topic, uh, which we're going to have in our in our intro. So th- this guy said, we, we have a text here, what is your experience with cash outs on America's card room? Also, what have you heard about the play there? I used to play on Bovada, but I cashed out and left when they separated the sports betters from poker. Um... I haven't played on America's Card Room, so I can't tell you how the games are. I, I've heard they pay, so they're they Ignition and America's Card Room are really the best two options right now as U.S. players. But I don't know how the games are, so you'll have to find that out for yourself. Let's see if we got other text here from the five one two. What will happen first? Online poker is legalized in the U.S. or Bitcoin goes donk down? That's a good question. You know, now that you bring this up, Bitcoin, they're, they're having some controversy, even though it's rebounded. It, it had an interesting week because it uh, it shot up to 1350 then crashed down to 975 and then recovered back to like 1200 where it started. And then since then, it's been kind of 
around, you know, circling around the same range, and it's it's a little bit up now. It's back to twelve fifty or so last I looked. But there's a number of complaints about Bitcoin that are a little concerning these days, and that is the cost to process each Bitcoin transaction is now over a dollar. So if you send someone Bitcoin, it's going to cost you more than the buck. So if you want me to send you Bitcoin when you win the free roll, it's going to cost me over a dollar, which I'm just going to eat. So I know that's no money compared to what uh, Calwatt and Trader Risky put into this. Wait, wait, you know what? We lost Trader, Trader Risky. You, you here? I see him. No, oh, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm here. Oh, Sorry. you're good, good, good. Okay, you're I'm here. I'm just been working and listening. No, that's fine. That's fine. I, just, I, I was like, wait a minute. Do we hang up on him? No, no, we have you. So, yeah, so people are complaining that Bitcoin is now becoming impractical for smaller transactions if the, if the transaction fee is like a dollar. The whole point of Bitcoin was that the very cheap transaction fees, and, and it's anonymous. So, but, but there's that, and also the transaction times are slow. So it used to be fast, and the transaction fees were cheap, and this was true as of like six months ago, and, and even three months ago. Now it's expensive, relatively, to process each transaction, and it's it's slow. It can it, some people are complaining it's taken more than a day in some cases to send Bitcoin and have it be received by the other party. So that's a really new phenomenon. I'm not sure of the technical reasons behind this. I haven't really looked into that, but I, I think this can really get in the way of its success because yes, if you're transferring twelve hundred bucks to someone, then the dollar fee is great. If you're sending five dollars, it's not very good. So that's really going to get in the way of of e-commerce for smaller things. Especially with, with the fee going up, up, up. And there's other internal squabbling within uh, the Bitcoin community. It, it, so who knows? Will it? Could the whole thing fall apart very easily? But will online poker ever be legal US-wide? I, I don't see it coming anytime soon. At, at best, we're going to have some large states that cooperate with one another. Okay, so let's see if we have any other text messages. From the 312... Love you and love the show, but pay attention to your site. That's two weeks in a row now. You've fucked your most loyal listeners. March 7th, C-Money sent 200 and you claim not to know. Tonight, same BS. It's not your money. It's now a $270 free roll. Uh, the, 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 so much controversy over this 200 So much controversy. I'm taking a lot of heat as if, like, I'm trying to keep the money or something. I, I, I just want it to be used right. When I get an amount like 200 I just want to make sure not to screw it up. How are you doing there, Calwater? Are you uh, are you still in the free roll? I am the stone cold bubble. Oh, so you, are you out yet, or are you, are you, are you bubbled? Yeah, I bubbled. Oh, you bubbled. Okay, I thought you meant you're yeah. on the bubble. Oh wow. No, I, I bubbled it. Wow. Well, all right. Play bad, didn't get there. Yeah, I would say good luck to the remaining people, but that doesn't make any sense because they they can't all have good luck. Uh, let's talk about Kate Hall and Mike Dentali, who are going to have their Heads Up match on March 19th. And this is where I am prepared. It is on twitch.tv slash pokernighttv. Oh, thank you. Thank you. See, I didn't know that. I was just going to say to Google it, but you you figured it out already. So, twitch.com, so what is it, uh, slash pokernighttv? You got it. And what time it's is it? Twitch.tv. Twitch.tv. And what time is this going to be at? No idea. Okay. Well, you... 
Okay, you got most of the way there. That's okay. I, well, I got I, you the channel, but I don't know. No, I, I was I was about to say something critical. I'm not going to. You you, you know more than I do on this, so I can't. Well, I, what you can do is you just go there, right? And what you do is you favorite it, okay? Mm-hmm. And as soon as they start broadcasting, you get notified. Okay. So you don't even have to know when it's going to be on, which is what what's kind of cool about some of these streaming services is, um, you know, it used to be, uh, and well, it still is to some extent, like having a regular set schedule is really useful. Um, but now that these services will just alert you whenever your favorite content starts streaming, it's, you know, it's kind of nice. Okay. Well, I want to thank Pocket Fives here. Pocket Fives has, uh, they have information on this. Hold on. It says that, uh, it's going to be at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. So it's going to be during the day on Sunday. So if you are home on Sunday afternoon, before you go out for whatever you do on Sundays, even if you go to church, you can be back from church by this time. It's, it's great. Now, if I want to make a bet with you on this, and it's not going to be what you think. Okay. So I want to bet you on whether the you think the camera angle is going to be better or worse than at the, uh, the Poker Awards. <laughs> <laughs> because this is just their stream, right? They're not really going to give a shit about it. But I don't. Th- I don't think it can be worse. I think that I, I think it's got to be like a thousand to one or something. If, as far as being worse, how, how could it be worse than the poker awards? I think they'd have to. They'd have to put the camera a mile away to make it worse. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe poker night. They've. Uh, they're not going to stream the uh, broadcasts that they're actually recording on their gear. You know, and then maybe someone's just going to prop up their phone in the corner and record and stream it. That'll like, be so embarrassing if that's the case. That'll be yeah. really, really embarrassing. And uh, yeah, I know Mac Lance, who listens to this show every week, he's involved in this. He's very involved yep. in this. So I, I hope Mac Lance, if you're listening before this airs, because I don't know if he, he, I don't think he listens live. I think he listens in the archives. So if you hear this before it airs, and I think he does listen the next day, so he probably will. Please, please. Don't make an embarrassing live stream like the GPI did. Please, <laughs> please make it watchable. But I'm actually going to try to watch this, and a lot of us are because, really, who wants to watch this on TV after it's done? And we'll know for sure unless you just turn off Twitter for good. You're going to know for sure who won at that point. It's going to be all over poker-related Twitters. So give us the format: cash game, terms, anything. Uh, let's see here. You have that in the Pocket Fives article. Yes, it says the pair have agreed to play a best of three series of sit and go freezeouts. Each player uh-huh. starts with fifteen thousand cash, and the blinds will be seventy five one fifty for the duration of each match. And the commentary will be provided by Sean Deeb and Doug Polk. Well, okay. I mean, at least the blinds aren't accelerating. You know? Yeah. So, so this is on Pocket Fives, which I have to say they've de- they did a good informative article on this. Everywhere else I was looking, I wasn't getting the right information or wasn't getting enough information. This is... So who's doing that? I'm sorry, I spaced out. Who's doing the commentary? Sean Deeb and Doug Polk. Okay. And, you know, these were, I guess, approved by both players, these two guys. The... Now, Hall said that she actually considered coaching. She considered getting coaching, that is, not being a coach. But she decided that it's going to cost too much to hire a coach, considering the relatively uh, small buy-in that they're playing for in, these, in this match. So it's, yeah, it, to hire anyone who's worth anything. Yeah, you know? that would be worth more than the win here, so she's not going to. And even though the, even though the blinds aren't escalating, I mean, 
what kind of coaching are you going to get for three sit and goes? You know, yeah, run yeah. good. She said, given a sample size of a few hundred hands against someone with major holes in their game, I, I felt I could get myself to 90% where a coach would get me. <laughs> so All she's right. already talking trash. He's got major holes in his game, she says. And she said, I think I've tried to focus on and get mentally prepared for is assuming many people are watching is I want to be, it want to, I want to be apparent, apparent to people that I'm playing better than him. If that's the case, it won't be hard to acknowledge. So she's she's trying to say here that even if she loses, as long as people see that she was playing better, then that's all she really wants. Jeff, that sounded like a little Freudian slip. It sounded like you said she's getting menstrually prepared. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that, that might be true. There's, look, there's like a one in four chance that's true. Oh, man. God, let's, let's just pray and hope that she's PMSing when they play that match. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of worried that it'll be – I'm sorry, Matt. Uh, glance, you know, for saying this, but I, I'm worried it's going to be boring. I'm worried about that too. I'm wor- I'm a little worried that they're going to like with the cameras right on them that they're going to be so worried about looking bad that yeah. they're they're not going to get obnoxious like they do on Twitter when there's really like they just kind of feel free to say what they feel like saying. So I, I well, really let's face it, unedited poker. I mean, sometimes it can be interesting, but a lot of times it's just really boring. Right. That's my other problem is that I'm afraid it'll just move really slowly. Like okay. Uh, so Kate, Kate Hall folds the button. And that's where, you know, I know that they had to pick people that um, both of them agreed to. But that's where I'm a little concerned about the guys that are commentating, commentating. Not that they don't know their shit. I mean, obviously, they both do. But neither one of them are professional commentators. And what you really need to have there is someone that is a professional commentator that can make it interesting and engaging uh, when the play is boring, which is 90% of the time. Yeah, they could have like a commentator like this going, Oh, so Kate Hall just folded. I bet Doc Puke would have played that hand. Doc Puke <laughs> thinks he knows what he's doing, but he would have gotten owned on that one. He thinks he's big-timing. Yeah, speaking of someone who uh, I thought might be big-timing us, Team MLK, hello. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? What's up, man? So, are, are you here to do your 20 minutes, even though we're not giving the 200 away from them from C-Money tonight? Well, I just read the form, and I noticed C-Money is a bit on tilt, so I thought I, I would do my 20 minutes of time and uh, help out the community, and and I want to have it um, all legit. So okay, well, here I, I am. I, I want to ask you a question here, because uh, this, this is the first small rift I've seen between you and C-Money, who's been so much in your corner all these years. Uh, he wanted you to play the free roll, and he was awarding you the 200 if you cashed in any spot, which was very generous. Now, why did you turn that down? Why did you say you're not going to play at all? I mean, I'd rather see the money go to other players on the site. So I just, I, I'm not interested in the free roll. As you see, I don't play. So but it's a special one. I understand, but are you that rich where you, you just uh, $200 means nothing to you? Well, we'll just keep it between uh, us and the... Uh, the form, but um, I'm not concerned about it. You know, I just want to give it to the community, and um, whoever wins gets it. You know, it was, no disrespect it, to see money or anybody. It's just a little bit of a slap in the face, I think, to see money that he he set these terms and, and thought that you were going to be happy with him, especially since he was you know he was asking you to be on radio. Of course, with the joke being that a lot of people uh, get irritated with you on the radio for too long. It's, except, I'll, I'll tell you when when you try when you try not to be contentious then you actually can do a good job here as a co-host i've seen that before but uh but but he was like demanding you be on 20 minutes to 
qualify for the money as a way to kind of troll the people who don't like you. But then, then he also, as, as an additional little troll, like if you finish in any place that pays in the free roll, that you get the two hundred. So it's like some big favoritism towards you. But then you turned it down. So I think I think I kind of ruined his gimmick, and that's why I see money is a little irritated. Well, no uh, pun intended to see money. I mean, he's a generous donator of the site, and I said that in the uh, post I submitted online and there's no disrespect towards him at all he is a legend and he's a god of the site and um, we'll just leave it at that you see money I've, you know, I've spoken to him before about why he donates the money he does to the site and he said yes yeah, it's, it's two reasons number one he, he enjoys the show he listens to the radio show every week he enjoys it he yeah, you know, since he's successful in his business he wants to give some back but uh he said some of the other reason is is uh you know sometimes for entertainment purposes so here he was doing something that he thought would be entertaining to him to the kind of the reaction to this and the to have this contest with these weird rules and then i I think he was annoyed that you didn't let this go on as planned i think that's what was happening here well i mean i don't know i just thought that um he mentioned that two people were in the top five could qualify, so the terms were a little unclear. So to avoid controversy, I just thought I'd leave it up to his discretion of who cashes and whatnot. It would be a lot easier. Okay. Well, I appreciate the money from him. So, okay. So, Tim, okay, are, are you familiar at all with this uh, Kate Hall, the Mike Dentali stuff? Um, was it on Doug Polk Poker? It was at one point, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm only up to date with the... Um, Durer situation. Oh, okay. This, this is not about Durer. Okay. Well, let's going back to this. You can you can stay on here if you want. But going back to this, uh, so th- this is going to take place again on March nineteenth at three o'clock Eastern, twelve o'clock Pacific in the afternoon. And yeah, I was worried, Calwatt, just like you were, that it could be very boring if, if we're seeing a lot of hands just fold, 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 and there's not. Much action getting in the the alert. Well, that's what you need commentators for. Though. Yeah, you really do. You need someone that can keep it interesting and enjoyable. And again, you know, Sean Deeb. I've heard him do commentary, and he does a really good job with it. And um, I've heard Polk do some commentary stuff. And I, I don't really know him. He seems like a nice enough guy, but he can be kind of annoying. But you really need someone that you know what I mean. Like it's their job, and they're good at doing that, at filling that dead air. Right. Right, and I, I'm I'm kind of worried uh, from that that regard. Yeah, and it's true. There are there are different skills one can have as a commentary. There can be the skills one would have at analyzing hands and and giving the proper analysis of, of what's going on in the game, and then the skill of keeping the program entertaining and especially being able to keep the viewer or listener's interest going during the boring spots where they're just folding, 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 and not really uh, playing any hands of consequence. So. I, I agree that there is some concern that uh, what if it doesn't hold our interest during the dead times in the match, and is it perhaps too long for them to play three freeze outs of seventy five one fifty blinds of fifteen thousand dollars? That it may get kind of boring and repetitive unless unless they're really going at it with nasty comments to each other. Then it'll be interesting. Then you got to get you got to give them both like a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> before they like before they can buy in and play, they got to at least drink half the bottle. Yeah, that's you know? that's the key is they've got to both be ready and and be up for 
insulting each other throughout the match. Right. Then, then it'll be interesting to watch. If if they just start out that way and then kind of get bored with it, and then at that point try to focus on beating each other, it's it's going to be boring to watch. So we'll see. It'll be. Well, is um, Jack Athol going to be there at all? Or no, this has nothing to do with the World Series. This is a. Uh, it, it's just like a an exhibition match that's taking place. TMLG, uh Dentelli, would you hit it? Hot or not? <laughs> Who? Mike Dentelli. Mike Dentelli. Who's that? Okay, I guess that means no. Uh, never mind. <laughs> well, you know, like I, I know what you guys are talking about now. It's about the World Series, how he took forever on the hand, no. and, and she pulled the queens or something. No, that, no, no, that's... no, 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 no. That's no. You're, you're totally way off. This, this is about a Twitter oh. war between the two of them. Well, I'm not going to retell the whole story here, but uh, so, wait a second. Is that it? That happened in the World Series of Poker no, on TV. No, that annoying no, guy? no. That's you're thinking about William Kasuf. This, this oh, is Mike Dentali and Kate Hall. It was about a Twitter war. It had to do with after she played one hand badly in a tournament and then he went off on her on Twitter and she went off back on him and that's that's how it's been going. So that's not fair. Now, TMLK, you've, you've had one too many dicks, man. You're not on top. TMLK, what, what's... <laughs> Hold on, what's this Kilowatt guy going on about here? I was, I was a big fan of him. I was actually going to post and recommend he did some sort of percentage of the free roll the other night, but I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't want to ca- cause any controversy, but now he's become some sort of hater. Oh, I'm just fucking with you, man. No <laughs> so, worries. So, What's going on here? So, okay, so, uh, Team Allegate, uh, what's the tallest woman? I assume you, you, you still date women. What, what's the tallest woman that you would date? Well, I mean, around, I don't know. I, I'm up to anything, but um, the tallest I have dated or... Or would. Or, or would. Um, six something. Really? Okay. So, uh, how tall are you? I'm close to six feet. Really? I, I thought you were Asian, though. I thought Asian guys are usually short. Well, some are tall. Okay. Are you admitting you're Asian, finally? I, I can't disclose that on air. <laughs> I've seen, like, one grainy picture of him where it's, like, too much at a distance, and he's kind of covering too much to be able to tell. Some uh, bad guy's convinced that he's Asian, but... Yeah, and, and I, I'm not going to get into that, but I got rolled, and you guys don't uh, support that, but anyways... That was a different show. That wasn't even this show. Well, I was supposed to get paid to go on cam, and I did, and didn't get paid, so... It has nothing to do with me. So, well... So anyway, <laughs> anyway, listen. Uh, no, I was asking, it was Kate Hall is... A, how, how tall is she? Like 5'10", 5'11"? She's very tall for a, for a girl. I was Let actually, me Google her. I, I was just wondering... Yeah, no, you've, you've, you've got to Google a few things. We prefer the term gangly. We, we, yeah, that's the thing here. TMLK, if you want to make a, an honest assessment of Kate Hall, you've got to see both her face and body. Because face, most well, people agree... Is. But facially, most people agree that, that she's pretty. Body, there's some uh, there's some mixed feelings on that one, depending on what type you like. She's uh, she's got green hair in one picture. Well, forget that picture. That's not. She doesn't usually have green hair. Okay. Um, okay. There's one of her with party poker. I, I don't know. Twitter.com with the party poker robe. I'm not even sure. I, I don't. I don't know why I'm even getting into this. I, just, I for some reason I wanted your opinion on Kate Hall, but I now I'm kind of regretting asking that. Okay, so let's let's say anyway, that's. Well, I ha- mean, oh, hold on. Like, how would you compare her to your current situation? Is it like, is it you know, like same amount or? I don't know what you're saying. Or, they, they don't. She doesn't look like my girlfriend. If that's what you're asking. She, they don't look like at all. They're like both- in terms of rating, like how would you rate Kate Hall out of ten? <laughs> no. <laughs> Druff, as your attorney, I advise you not to answer the, the following no, question. No, I mean, 
I mean, it's just a question. I mean, no, I'm, I'm, I, I, I would give her. She's decent looking. I mean, she's pretty. I mean, no, I'm 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 a lot more attracted. I'm a lot, about her, to be honest, I'm actually, I'm a lot more attracted to my current girlfriend than Kate Hall. But that's you know, Kate Hall in, in some ways isn't my type. But uh, as, as I've said before, I'm sure I'm not her type. So I'm sure it goes both ways. Well, do you have any you, pictures posted of your girlfriend on the forum? What? Do you have any pictures of your girlfriend? No, on the forum, because or? there's so many trolls. I don't want to. I don't want to give the trolls bait here and she's you know she likes having her privacy i don't need them to draw black cocks on her whatever they do here on the forum <laughs> so <laughs> is she still listening to the radio or? yes yeah she still listens to the radio like even recently when i haven't been on air for the last three weeks yeah yes i i, 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 I don't think i don't think i've or? ever i don't think i've ever asked her what she thinks of you she knows of you but i, I don't think i've asked what she thinks of you well, if she doesn't mind, like in, in all confidentiality, I'll keep it to myself. But I would like to see a picture of her. So if you could send it to me on like, Skype, or, I won't. I, I will post it on PFA. I or, never saw. You know, as your attorney, I advise against this course of action. Yeah, I, I've never seen C a money, picture. I'll get C money to donate Hold to on the free roll. Hang on a second. First of all, a picture of your girlfriend sent to me. Hang on a second. It won't be posted. First anywhere. of all, you have never sent me a picture. Of you. I've never seen what you look like. Forget a girlfriend. Well, I, I offered to meet you, though, so you can't no, say that. Yeah. Believe me, I tried to make that happen. It just it didn't well, I happen. called like three times. I called that was Mikeon's fault. But Mikeon, so. Mikeon wouldn't answer the phone. That wasn't my fault. I, I wasn't in control of the phone. I'm in control of the phone now. I wasn't in control of the phone back then. That was Mikeon's decision. But, well. but but second here, I, so I've never. that doesn't stop you from sending a picture of yourself to me now. And then second... You had a girlfriend that was even on a previous radio show, and we asked for a picture of her, and you refused to provide it. Recall that if if you can find that in the archives, asking for a picture of her, um, I, I don't think that was ever asked. Of course, we wanted to know. But come on, you think we wouldn't ask what she looked like? Oh, you asked. You said that she sounds a little older on the phone, but well, I don't did, recall but... you um, asking for a picture of her. I don't remember the exact conversation, but I'm sure we did. And you could still send well, one. I'm sure you still have a picture of her. I, well, you know, but we're not together anymore. So, I mean, there's no point. The point is here, like, at the very least, you know very well what I look like. And I don't know very well what you look like. I'm, I'm not even sure if you're white or Asian or half white or half Asian. I don't know what you are. I could be black. No, I know that part, that much I know. But, okay, anyway. Let's uh, so then uh, Jam- Dan Bilzerian he had a, a comment regarding this match and it, it kind of came out of nowhere too. It's weird. I'm not even sure how he got involved in this, but Kate Hall uh, she sent the following tweet on March 11th. She said it, it said friend colon like the friend is saying this to her. Why do so many people care about this match? Me colon because there's no one who doesn't want to watch at least one of us lose. That was, that was Kate Hall. She was saying that was her conversation with a friend. So then Dan Bilzerian, the next day, responded at Kate Hall. I don't know, I don't even know who you're playing, but I want to bet against you because you are a woman and women can't play poker. So, I mean, he, I don't know if he knows who she is or any of her history. I don't know if he said this to purposely piss her off, because she's like the, the big feminist of poker, and he's, he's tweeted to her, I'm betting against you because you're a woman and women can't play poker. I mean, of, of all people to say this to. Now, he may have... Yeah, he might, he might as well have just said, go make me a sandwich. Yeah, so... <laughs> you know? <laughs> so she responded with, well, you've certainly been working on your antagonization game, Dan. Now spend some time on your poker. 
So that uh, I'm not sure what even got Dan Bilzerian involved in this. I don't know if he follows her. I don't know if someone told him to check it out. Because I don't see Dan Bilzerian as the type is like sitting here on Twitter, like like reading all these different tweets from other poker players. I think I have to imagine either he follows her and this happened to pop up on his feed, or someone alerted him to it and said, "Ah, you got to you got to respond to this." And then he, he he responded in a way that'll piss her off the most. So uh, then Liv Bory had to get involved too. Or sorry, that that was that wasn't from Kate. That was from. Uh, that was from Liv. I thought that was... Uh... Speaking of Liv, who's that other chick that got around a lot in poker? The, um... That could be a lot of people. <clears throat> well, yeah. But no, I mean, there was a girl uh, that we're talking about her like maybe a year ago, and she had uh, finally cashed in some tournament in the Caribbean, and she had gone from one uh, poker player boyfriend to the other. Uh... You know what I'm talking about? She's like a young chick, and she used to... God, the hell is her name? Skinny chick? No, no, not ringing a bell at all. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> and and she uh, she worked at some uh, advertising firm or something, and she had no experience. And the guy said he hired her just because she thought she was good looking or something like that. There it is, Samantha. Samantha Abernathy. Oh, okay, That's, okay. The chat yeah, is coming through. Yeah, the, someone in the chat guessed Amanda Leatherman. I knew that wasn't her, but. Uh, Okay, yeah. Samantha Abernathy. Yeah, she, yeah, she did cash in something like fairly big. Yeah, so, somehow she just kind of appeared on the scene like last year or 2015. She just one of these people who just kind of appears and is, is all of a sudden playing in, in some sort of you know reasonably high buy-in tournament and everyone's talking about. So, yeah, I don't know much about Samantha Abernathy. I know we've talked about her a little bit, and I know she she did that bike ride along with Bilzerian. That bike bet. I don't know right. if anyone bet on her, but she she rode like along with him and also completed it. But uh, Larry Laffer saying in chat, Abernathy looks like every other Jappy bitch I went to high school with. Abernathy's not a Jewish name, though. No, it's Is not. It? That's, I, I didn't think so. Like I, I knew an Abernathy at my high school, and she wasn't Jewish. So yeah, I didn't Sounds think it was English. And Snake in the ass in chat is saying she's very good looking but too small for me. I would break her in half. Uh, you, you could try Snake in the ass, but let me tell you, if you have ever been with a woman and saw her give birth, you realize that every time that she complained that it hurt when you had sex, she just lied. <laughs> I mean, it's just an outright lie. Well, he may not be talking about penis size. He may just be talking about just his, his body size compared to her. And I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know if Snake in the ass is, is a big guy or not. In any way. So. Maybe he's thinking about putting his snake in her ass. Yeah. That's, that's what he means. Break her in half that way. I don't know. Snake in the ass, that, that name on here is actually a, a reference to the Quad Jacks guys. We, yep. we called uh, Zach, the owner of Quad Jacks, the snake in the grass. This guy uh, yep. chose the name Snake in the Ass. I, I don't really know much about this guy. He posts on the forum. I know he listens to the radio. I don't know much about him. He's on the ball, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Anyway, so, you were saying that. Um, yeah, so, uh, so that other chick was getting involved, whatever the hell uh, it yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the one who made that comment about that could work on your poker game. So, oh. uh, Bilzerian, he, he he obviously did this to try to get a reaction, and right. that's 
I, I don't know if he really believes this about women playing poker or not. Maybe his staged pool parties aren't getting the attention they used to, and yeah. <laughs> trying something else. It, it is funny throwing, with throwing Bilz- hookers off the off buildings is just isn't cutting it anymore. It is funny with Bilzerian that with all his fame, he still is, is like paying models to hang out with him for pictures. Like that, these parties he has with all these hot girls. It's, it's what you're seeing on Instagram. It's, it's all staged, and he even admitted this at one point. Right. It's kind of weird. Like I guess that's kind of like. He thinks he's building his brand or something, but you know, well, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You're not going to have, like, you know, a pool full of women like that just randomly hanging at your house all the yeah. time. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's just, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I know, I know. But like, you see this in at first, like until you you think about how it's staged. Like for a moment, you go, "Oh wow, this guy hangs out with a lot of hot chicks." You go, oh, wait a minute, this isn't this is not what's happening here. They they hired them to sit with him here, and then they go leave. Yeah. So, well, that's what a lot of these guys are trying to do. Is they um, you know, they want to get internet famous and then they rent out their, uh, social media accounts, you know, there, there's actually an underground market for buying, uh, it's sort of like, you know how there's product placement in movies, yeah. um, where movies will actually pay for, you know, Rice Krispie brand cereal to be in the background of a particular shot. Right. Well, the same thing goes on on all of the uh, really big social media accounts where they'll rent them out and they'll subtly mention stuff or have stuff in a picture or whatever, uh, and they'll be paid for that. Um, and there's actually there's actually a marketplace for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting, but it makes it totally makes sense. Yeah. So he's probably trying to you know build that brand up so that he can uh, he can. Just do that for a little. Well, it's either that. He, he seems to have so much money, probably from his dad, that it, it could just be for building up his brand, just to be famous, you know, for the sake of being famous. Like this is the guy yeah. who, who who donated a million or, do, or invested. I shouldn't say donated, but invested a million dollars in a movie just to have a role in it. Yeah, so, that's true. I mean, I guess you got to do something, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have to work, you got to do something. Uh, here, here's a bonus topic. I didn't have it listed, but we'll cover it. Ask anyway. Taylor. No, if he calls in, then we'll we'll put him on. But does he have a phone yet, or has Obama? He has a phone, but no, he has a phone. He has an Obama phone, but it's it's kind of hard to reach him. But anyway, the, uh-huh. snapping is along. Trump going to take away his Obama phone? Uh, it's right now, no. <laughs> right now, he's going to he's going to keep it. But he, what keeps happening is he keeps getting these crappy refurbished phones that they give him, so they keep breaking him. He has to keep sending him back in and waiting two or three weeks, so he has no phone. Called him for pay phones again. At the moment, he does have the phone. So is that where oh, the, the two billion dollars from Full Tilt went? It went to go buy people Obama <laughs> yeah, phones to, to, to buy that? Ken Scaler phones. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to get some sort of free roll going for a Ken Scaler phone. No, the the funny thing though is like I, I offered long before he got this Obama phone. I kept offering like that I take a collection up for him on the site for a phone, and he kept turning it down. For a long time, he didn't want a phone because he felt like it was almost freedom that people could not reach him, and he that he would call you, you wouldn't call him. Then at some point he just decided you know he needs a phone and got this Obama phone and but he does go for a few weeks without it occasionally when when it breaks down which has been he's had like four different times he's had to send it in so here here's a, a bonus topic uh, there was the the bust of uh, these these home game these famous. Uh, large uh, stakes home games mostly taking place in New York uh run by a woman named uh named Molly and what's her last name um 
Ringwald. No, I'm trying to remember the last name now. I used to remember her. I, I knew her last name, and I'm forgetting it now. But anyway, she was like the hostess of the game, and she was the one who put together the whole... Uh, Molly Bloom, that's her name. So she uh, she put together these high-stakes games that you had to be invited to get into. Toby McGuire played in these games. He was one of the big winners because he was actually a good poker player. The rest of them were just like rich fish. So it was a game, if you were bankrolled for it, or could be bankrolled by other people, this would be a great game to be in. But you couldn't just join it. You had to be invited to it, and typically you had to be either like super rich or and connected, or a celebrity of some sort. So Molly Bloom was the one putting it together. She was also associated with some sort of gambling ring that was organizing these games. She was eventually busted. And then she wrote a tell-all book called Molly's Game, From Hollywood's Elite to Wall Street's Billionaire Boys Club, My High-Stakes Adventure in the World of Underground Poker. You can actually buy this on Amazon. And I'm not trying to promote it or anything, but... You can. Using your Poker Fraud Alert affiliate link? Well, yeah, you might as well if you're <laughs> going to go buy it. But it, it actually has an average of uh, four stars out of 139 ratings on Amazon. So people seem to like it overall. It has Four out of 139 is not very good, Drew. <laughs> so actually, at 58% gave it five stars, 27% gave it four stars. So that's pretty good. And some of those named in the book were irritated by it because they thought they really thought these games were private and the details were never going to be revealed. I haven't read this book. But I guess it, it was interesting enough to where they are making a movie about it. Mm. And Toby McGuire should totally play himself. <laughs> this is, let me get to this. I lost the story. I had it up and I lost the story. So I have so many things up here. Where did it go? Where did it go? Here we are. Um, Aaron Sorkin, the one who wrote the movie The Social Network, is mm. the one who wrote this movie. And uh, according to the Internet Movie Database, it is going to it is already in post production. So let me go to the Internet Movie Database. It stars Jessica Chastain as Molly Bloom. Kevin Costner is in it. I'm not sure who he plays. But uh, he's in it. And uh, Idris Elba is uh, playing a lawyer. So uh, they're in post-production right now, as of January 2017. Uh, So this is definitely happening. This is not a movie that they're just talking about. It may or may not appear. They've they've filmed it. It seems to be in post-production now. I don't know why there's not even more information than there is right now. The brief description is, Molly Bloom, a young skier and former Olympic hopeful, becomes a successful entrepreneur and target of an FBI investigation when she establishes a high-stakes international poker game. What, they play in Canada? I mean... What, what is the international part of this? I, I don't know. Probably, probably just people who are uh, coming, you know, foreign nationals who come in to play the high stakes game. That's probably, Does yep. that make it international? Uh, I'm not sure. Hmm. And uh, Jessica Chastain, I see she is uh, she's just about to turn 40. And she's been in a lot of little things here. A lot of movies and stuff. 
Um, I'm not that familiar with her. I know she's been in a lot of things. Do you really know much about her? She's the star of this. Nothing. Yeah, I've heard of her. I'm terrible when it comes to celebrities, because I just don't give a fuck about them, so I don't know any of them. I've heard of her, and I'm looking at the IMDb, and it's listing so many credits, like a hundred things she's been in, and most of this stuff I've not heard of, or if I heard of it, it's something I didn't watch. Well, she's a Hollywood working girl, you know? She's not a a big star, and she's just grinding it out. Yeah. So, she's the star of this, and I, I don't know if the movie will be good. Now, if it's based on a good book, maybe, but I've seen it many times where there's been a book that's well-liked, and they screw up the movie version. I just have been disappointed so many times that whenever there's a new, you know, poker-oriented or related movie, I just assume it's going to suck. Yeah, they, they all do. Every, every you know? Except for Rounders, every single one of them has sucked. And, and Rounders and, is before the poker boom. Yeah, and if it doesn't suck, then great. But I just assume it's going to be terrible. Yeah, they, they always have been. And I, I think the problem was, I think, I've, I've discussed this before. I said, what, how come Rounders was the only good poker movie? And it occurred, it was before the poker boom. It was five years before the poker boom. So how, how come post-boom, when there's more interest in poker, they couldn't make a better movie about poker, when there's more interest in, in uh, watching poker? So... My conclusion was that the fact that there was more interest in poker made it tougher to write a good movie because everyone was too obsessed with uh, appealing to what they thought the poker fan wanted to see. Whereas in 1998, it was kind of an underground culture. They didn't feel that pressure. I think. Well, and, and also because the, it wasn't done you know, during any time that the, the poker boom was going on, they had to make it interesting. You know, It had to be something that was compelling because... People wouldn't just go to it just because it was about poker. Yeah, it's a good and point. I, and too. I think it had really good characters in it too. Yeah, it did. And, and, yeah, and Topham what... used to play like at Mayfair and stuff way back in yeah. the day. So I think he knew like a lot about. But but poker the funny thing is, like like these guys have written other movies. Like it's funny with these guys. Sometimes they they write something that's really good, and sometimes it sucks. Like, they've written it, it's oh. hit and miss with these guys who wrote. Yeah, well, well, Billions is good though. Did you watch that? I, I haven't watched that. No. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Well, no, no one can produce great stuff all the time you know i mean what are you gonna do and trader ruski thank god you're fucking here because i got a, a little bit of sick from my kids i took a couple nyquil so i don't know we'll, uh, we'll see how long we last here man traders on the line he is what's happening tmlk yeah i've just been working i'm back hey i was just I, I was listening to the show last week in the archives and uh uh, no offense to whoever snapped you off clean uh, on one of the topics but you got the snub what? I don't remember that. Who's, who snapped him off clean? I don't remember that happening. No, you didn't, no, you didn't snap him off clean, but um, somebody mentioned that uh, Trader Ruski was on the line, but he he didn't get a high or anything. The, the certain individual just snapped him off. Just went on carrying on to his agenda. So, I, Oh, boy. Listen, uh, last week, last week I already got some... Did you know what I'm talking about? Or? <laughs> I, I think I know yeah. what you're talking about. He, he was. He's a. Uh, he's uh, oh, one yeah, of the legends of. Okay. Yeah, you got snapped Definitely. off. I was surprised. Me, I mean, because you guys normally get along quite okay, well. Let me, let me tell you something. Last week was a chaotic week because I was skiing. I was in a secret location. I had. A, I had a Allegedly. very. I had a very short time frame to get in everything we wanted to talk about. In fact, we didn't even get everything done. Because the next day was going to be a very, very busy day. I was going to have to wake up early. I was going to go skiing. Then we had to you know, get ready to leave. Leave, drive 
350 miles. Uh, eat dinner. Like, a lot to do in one day. It's going to be very exhausting, and I, I couldn't stay up until 2, 3 in the morning like I usually do with this show. So I, I committed that I was going to do really around three hours, and that was it. So we, we had to rest through some things. I had to cut off some things that I normally wouldn't cut off, and uh, that is the way it went. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, there was a lot of criticism last week in regards to how the snap-offs went. and um, But there's nothing I can do. Some of the topics should have been carried on in regards to the strip club. But we didn't have time. It was rather interesting. We didn't have time. We, the, the, the time was over, especially when the strip club stuff was coming up. It was near the end of the show. Well, in all honesty, Drop, you're a wealthy man. You can take a, an airplane from Utah to Las Vegas. You don't have to keep driving. No, I've, I, I was actually in a place that is pretty remote, and even the like, air travel wasn't even... You should option. have taken your helicopter, man. And and with what's going on with the free roll, I'm reading the form right now. A lot of people are skeptical about what's going on with the free roll money. Like you've got Kit Kat and Rolling 420, and they're all and Lou Father and not and Larry Laffer. They're all in tilt about it. What's going on? <laughs> well, people they they get too worked up about the free roll. They get too ball worked up. They, they, I'm, I'm trying to do the right thing with it, but it's it's still a free roll. We're we're trying to allocate the money properly, and they, they have to calm down on this one. And the money... Just refund everybody's entry fee drop. I think that's all. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm, I'm a lot more fair with it than Borgata was when they had that cheating. with, with Drop, I was in the free roll, and I just got to tell you, I saw JSTAT slide some extra chips onto the table. Oh. And later on was in the bathroom flushing them down the toilet. So. <laughs> By the way, funny going on here. Speaking of chips, you just reminded me. I'm not going to read this on the air, but if you guys want to read an interesting history and discussion of the World Series of Poker Chips at the Rio, if you have an interest in that sort of thing, there's a very uh, good article that was written on the Poker Fraudler blogs, which aren't used very often. But there's a guy named Alpha the One Two Three who writes a lot about chips. He's a big uh, casino chips collector. And if you click on the blog section, you'll see the blog he wrote, and you can read about it. And KevMath even retreat, retweeted it when I tweeted it out. And we had, as a result of KevMath retweeting that, Seth Polanski realized that he doesn't even follow me, and he followed me. Hmm. And I'm like, hmm, Seth Polanski's following me. So I, I I know he followed me because he just kind of like realized, oh, crap, I'm not following Todd Wittellis. I don't know why I didn't because, you know, he, he is interested in what I have to say about the World Series and about Caesars well, or whatever. Can't, he can't block you unless he follows you. Yeah. No, he he so. doesn't he doesn't block. The, it's, it's Ethel who blocks. It, it's oh, Seth Ethel, right, 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 does, right, right, doesn't really right. block people from what I've seen. But uh, but I'm like, hmm, like uh, he's following me now, but now, like, hmm, now whatever I say, like whatever I tweet out, he's going to see. I thought he was seeing it anyway, the truth, but... Uh, like, is, is he, how is Seth Polanski going to feel about the way I write about the World Series? Because sometimes I write positive things, sometimes I write negative things. Like, like the thing I tweeted today with that thing that Alpha wrote, that's good for the World Series because it, it creates interest. It's, it's a, a story about the chips at the Rio, and it, it's like a story about the World Series that's not critical at all. In fact, uh, the, even, it even responds to some criticism I put on the radio about ways people could possibly be cheating. And Alpha actually defends this, explaining the various ways that they can prevent this at the World Series so, and, and how they prevent this. So this is actually a, a positive article, which is uh, – KevMath would probably not have retweeted it if it was critical because he works for the World Series. And not saying that KevMath is biased or anything, but he, I don't think he'd want to piss off 
his employers there by tweeting any critical article. So the fact that he retweeted it out would show you that uh, obviously there was, there was an article that the World Series would like people to read. So, like, if there's something good to say about the World Series, I'll say it. And if something bad to say, I'll say it. And I know that guys like Seth would probably prefer I only say the good things, but uh, but I, I say everything. But at the same time, I'm not uh, I'm not biased in any way. Like I'm not I'm not here to trash the World Series. And I'm not here to be an ass kisser to the World Series. It's kind of uh, I, I'm just an observer who likes to talk about the good and the bad. So unless, of course, you're in the sweaty room outside and the cosplayers are in the cool air conditioning well right that that actually happened 10 years ago now by the way but that's stupid 10 but uh, yeah that was something critical to say that's uh, something that was worth criticizing and yeah it's been 10 years but uh, when that happened it was pretty bad when they put us what are your thoughts on the uh chainsaw post i seen somebody posted uh, under s double about the chainsaw and a player got um short paid out i tried to look about that i tried to look about that had to do like the orleans or something i don't think it had to do with the world series Orleans, yeah yeah that's not the world series tournament but i i couldn't find kessler tweets so many different things I, i i have his phone number somewhere i just i don't feel like digging it up here he listened to the show for at least a while, like every week after after we we first when we had him on in January about the whole Brandy Blakely thing. Then he started listening every single week live. But then I haven't heard from him recently, so maybe he stopped listening every week live. And he is busy going around playing like tons of tournaments, so that could be that too. But I, I, I well, couldn't I couldn't find what S Double was referring to. I'm, I'm sure it well, he happened. wants to call in. He he mentioned it in his post. I'd like I'd call in and talk about it. But well, my can't. phone isn't as good as Skype. Well, he, so, he, I mean, he, no, he was referring to the fact that I was saying that I prefer to have people over Skype if they're co-hosting because it sounds a lot better. And that's not personal to anyone. Just I, I, for callers, cell phones are fine. I just don't want like a long-term co-host over the cell phone unless it's absolutely necessary. Like last week when Calwatt had no internet, we had to make do. And when Brandon just called in while he was you know off on the road somewhere. Uh, I, I wasn't going to turn him away, but but in general, as someone who just like would like to co-host the show, I always say, "Well, go get Skype because Skype it sounds a lot better for shows like this." And it's important to me that all the hosts have good sound quality. So, okay, let's. Uh, let's see so, Druff, can I raise a, a topic real yes, quick? Yes, yeah, go ahead. Um, it's in Trader Ruski. Are you here? Ritter- he heard about your nightfall. I'm, 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 I'm just getting off the mute. All right. So Traderuski, um, murder, Mary, fuck, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, Kate Hall, Melanie Wisner. Go. <laughs> murder, Mary, fuck, Hillary Clinton, Kate Hall, Melanie Wisner. I guess I'd have to marry Kate Hall. Or fuck Kate, Kate Hall. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's a tough it one. Is a tough I'd one. say I'd say Mary Kate Hall. <laughs> fuck Melody Weiser. Kill Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Secret Service is going to be knocking well, on well, your at door. Least, at least she's not. At least she's not president right now. It's not quite as bad to say that. But <laughs> only Madonna can. How about you, Druff? Yeah, that's true. That'd be about right for you. Murder, Mary, fuck, Hillary. Yeah, Clinton, it's it, it, probably. I was thinking that the Mary seems to be the hardest thing. I, didn't, I think. I think probably Kate Hall would be the best one of the three to marry. Mary, like, really? Okay, well, so because, let's... because like I, I would feel like the, the other two, I just I couldn't trust in any way. 
I, right. I feel both of those are the two I couldn't trust. At least Kate Hall, I, I haven't heard, has like a trustworthiness problem. I, I would find her kind of obnoxious and annoying to always have around. Uh, so, like, like the, the first... Okay, so so the first in, in this choice here, like, initially you think you would go for fuck with Kate Hall. That, that seemed like, in, in several ways, would probably be the obvious choice. But then you think, well, wait a minute. I can only pick one, pick one for each. And, like, I, I pictured, like, I couldn't trust either Hillary Clinton or Melanie Weisner, so it would have to, it would have to go to Kate Hall, who at least seems trustworthy. So, See, I think you uh, – here's where I think you guys – you got you to think about it a little bit more. Now, I think the, the given is that you marry Hillary Clinton because she has shown that she, she'll let you do whatever the fuck you want. Right? I mean, look at all the stuff that Bill got away with. That's right? true. So, yeah, you, so you marry her. And there's a lot of money in it, too. You get all the money, you get all the privilege, you get all the friends, and she'll let you, you know, blow in to get blown by interns, go chase skirts, go travel around the world with, uh, you know, the, the pedo dude from Florida or whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that that's a given, that that is the one that you marry. And that's yeah, I guess if you can mess around. I, like I, I, honestly, it's, it's, yeah. it's probably what Trader Risky was thinking. I, I, I couldn't even think of having sex with Hillary Clinton. First of all, she's like 70. That's the biggest well, problem. I said marry. I know, but I know, but if you're married, it's kind of expected you can do that too. But, well, uh, but, mean, but it's true. If, if Since you let Bill just go off and have sex with whoever he wanted, then you, right. you wouldn't have to have sex. You could just, you know, you can get all the money and you could get uh, all the other privileges that you have, uh, you would get with being associated with Hillary Clinton. So maybe, maybe you're right. And then for me, I, I don't like, I don't know really, Kate Hall or Melanie Weisner, so I don't really have anything against either one of them. Um, but I guess I'd probably have to fuck Kate Hall, and since I got to murder Melanie Weisner, I'd do it with a pole vault, a pole <laughs> vault stick, you know, just to kind of make it fun. I guess I don't know. But here, let me let me mix it up for you though, Druff. So we're gonna pay homage uh, to Brandon a little bit, okay? Ass pussy mouth, Hillary Clinton, Kate Hall, Melanie Weisner. <laughs> This just like come to mind when we're just discussing. What were we discussing before that made this come to mind? This just come pop in your head. It's the Nyquil. Okay, it's the Nyquil. So, ass pussy mouth. Hillary Clinton, Kate Hall, Melanie Weisner. Um. I, I think that. Uh, well, I, I think that. Uh, Hillary Clinton would have to be the ass, and uh, <laughs> oh man, I, I think you would have to be that. Then the, 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 I think her drop voted for Clinton for the uh, election. I, no, I, I didn't. I did not. But I, that's, <laughs> now why? Now why does she have to be the ass? I don't know. I, I I I think it would just. Uh, I think it's just fitting. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like you think you might get some like some grudge joy out of it, or <laughs> maybe, something? Yeah, or? I think so. That yeah. thing might be hairy by now. It, it might be. I, I had to, about no, the, it had to be in, in the dark. It had, had to be in the dark. I probably had to hold my nose and close my <laughs> eyes. But you know, uh, that would probably be that. And uh, oh. I, I think uh, hmm, the other two. I think the the, the mouth would probably have to be. Uh, it's close, but I, I think I'd do the mouth for Wisner and the uh, the pussy for Kate Hall. You got to because otherwise you're going to get those bony hands around your dick, right? That's true. I didn't think of that, but that's true. Yeah. That's true. You'll have you'll, you'll, all you'll think about when you're getting that BJ from Kate Hall. Be, you'll be looking down and you'll be like, "Oh my God, it's a crypt keeper," you know. 
<laughs> it's not going to work. That's true. I, I didn't. I didn't think of that part. I. I was. Uh, it's really important to to think these things through. These critical decisions. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, I have to. It's going to be strange if I end up. I, I won't end up meeting Hillary Clinton, but uh, if I get either of these two at my table, <laughs> are they going to bring up the stuff that we, we talk about on the radio with them? Uh, Melanie or Kate? Yeah, Melanie. Yeah, I could, Melanie, I have a good answer to you. Melanie. I could say, look, you know, you you do this crap with lock poker, you deserve it. Kate Hall. Right. All I can say back to her is, look, you you put yourself out there as as a, a Twitter poker celebrity, and we've got it. Well, all you're doing is answering a question. I know. You know? I know. Yeah, I'm just so. I'm just thinking ahead here, like like uh, if, so if Trader, I sh- we got to know Trader Ruski. Blame Cowat. Yeah, blame me. I don't care. Trader Ruski, how about you? <laughs> Ask Pussy Mouth. Hillary Clinton, Kate Hall, what Melanie Wiseman. You know, I'd agree with Truff on the Kate Hall and the pussy. Okay, yeah. I'd have to turn off the lights, have Clinton take out the dentures and blow me. (laughs) Oh, that's a good thing, man. You're right. That's a good point. There's a Frank Zappa song called Baby Take Your Teeth Out. And I will recline. And I I bet you she could give a hell of a blowjob with those teeth out. You're right. There you go. And then, you know. Maybe she has her teeth. Process of elimination. Maybe she has her teeth still, though. She's only 70, so. Well, you can hope, right? She probably still has them. It's wishful, it's wishful thinking that to believe she has dentures. I think it would have come out. In fact, I think I think if she wore dentures, that would have been like one of the attacks on her in some way. Man, Kate Hall must have a sweet little pussy. You you guys both went for it. Yeah, yeah. So she could feel happy about that. I yeah. guess. I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess. I guess. I guess that's a. Uh, I guess that's that's one selling point here. I guess that's one, one point of defense I can bring up and uh, say, well, we look, we, we said some nice things, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> given her speech at the uh, GPI Poker Awards, I'm sure she'll be incredibly complimented by this yeah. whole discussion. I wonder if she's even aware of it. Well, she probably is. I, I don't know. So, but, uh, um, There's certain people I always seem to get at my poker tables, even even like in the no-limit events, you can say, well, you get a lot of people who are limit players and you play limit events, but like even the no-limit event, I just seem to get certain people a lot and certain people like never. And I've never had Kate Hall, even though she hasn't been around that long, but I've never had her at any of my tables. So I think it's still going to run like that. Like like if it was Roddy, Ronnie Bard I was talking shit about, I'd, I'd be afraid because like he always ends up at my table. I always end up with him. So i I, I got to keep these things in mind. There's this... this uh, this weird World Series conspiracy to place me with certain people. I would ask TML Gay about this too, but he he won't know who any of these people are. He'll be like, "Who?" He'll say, "Wait, isn't isn't that the person on TV who?" Uh, hey, who, listen, I'm the one that told you about Hillary going to the inauguration. You guys didn't even know, so don't be uh, criticizing me. <laughs> okay, so fine, we'll, we'll give him credit. He knows he knows Hillary Clinton. We'll give him credit for that one. Oh, okay, so can we? Uh, can I suggest somebody calling in? Some, I would like to hear from uh, Larry Laffer. I want to hear from Poker Pete. Yeah, I, yeah, Poker Pete hasn't been around. Larry Laffer, call him <laughs> because I want to hear this. He's going on tilt on the forum, so I just want to see what's going on here. Okay, well, I want to talk about somebody who may or may not be going on tilt, Daniel Negreanu. He's been acting peculiar recently. Daniel Negreanu, on February 9th, posted this, and there's a reason I'm mentioning this a month later. But February 9th, he posted this. There is a meathead at my gym that brings his girlfriend, and it's scary how bad he treats her. Motivation to get bigger and clock him. And then he goes on and says, 
He makes her hold his hand through the gym, and if she so much as looks away, he aggressively gets in her face. I would love to mash this guy. So this, this is kind of what I, I picture with Negreanu at the gym. Once again, I am Hans. Yeah, I am Franz, and we are here to pop your And that's kind of I picture Negreanu over at the gym. So he's been... That was a weird thing to see from him back in February. Because I'd never seen anything from Negreanu talking about punching anybody or any kind of physical violence, whether deserved or not. This just wasn't part of his persona. It was never, you know, he'd be critical of things. He would never say, I want to punch this guy. I want to mash this guy. This was never in Negreanu's personality or, or the language he would use or anything he would imply on Twitter or anywhere else. He just, he just wasn't the violent guy. Uh, it's his hormone treatment therapy. It's <laughs> so, making him rage out. So, so once again, there, there's a meathead at my gym that brings his girlfriend. It's scary how bad he treats her. Motivation to get bigger and clock him. He makes her hold his hand through the gym as she so much as looks away. He aggressively gets in her face. I'd love to mash this guy. So he, he's he's saying he'd like to beat this guy up just for being a jerk to the girlfriend. It's not like he saw her beating her. He just saw the guy, you know, probably being a jerk and being possessive with her. If this is even true, but yeah, you know, I'm sure. He believes he saw this, and and maybe this guy is a jerk, but I I still don't even think, even if he was big enough to beat this guy up, I I don't think that even would justify doing so. It's not really his business if the guy is mistreating his girlfriend. Uh, If if it was Negreanu's girlfriend, I'd understand. If Negreanu had a girlfriend, there was some big muscle-bound guy who was uh, being rude to her. I could see Negreanu wanting to beat him up for that, but this is this guy's own girlfriend. Negreanu doesn't know either person. So I, I thought that was a weird thing to post, and... Then we uh, had this incident this week on his Twitter. In fact, I think it was just yesterday or two days ago. Let me uh, get to this here. This involved a listener of this show. Uh, here we are. Do, do, do. What? No, hey, but that's how, normally you have that sound effect. No, no, no. So... There's a guy named Mary Bacon. I don't even know who he is, but that's his name. is at Mary Bacon on Twitter. M-A-R-R-Y-B-A-C-O-N. And that's, that's in reference to a Jack in the Box commercial where they talk about like marrying bacon. So, um, he brought my attention to a conversation he had, or a short conversation, I guess, he had with Daniel Negreanu. Daniel Negreanu wrote on March 14th, so it was a day ago. I just lost it. It's up here on my screen bring this back here okay he wrote nuts are high in fat and protein don't be afraid of nuts because it's good it's healthy fat hashtag eat more nuts that's from negrano He's, he's putting that public service address out there yesterday nuts are high in fat and protein don't be afraid of nuts because it's good healthy fat hashtag eat more nuts so then bacon tweets back to him and keep in mind uh, Negron has become a, a vegetarian or a vegan or something I think he's a vegan he, it, he's become that recently so Mary Bacon tweeted back to him so is a medium rare ribeye steak drenched in butter keep eating that kale your body will continue to shrink and then Negranu tweets back at him haha I would mash you keyboard warrior Now, keep in mind, Negreanu has no idea who this guy is, either. I don't know who the guy is. So, so for all he knows, this could be, like, some really big guy that, that, would, that would kick Negreanu's ass. But he says, I, ha-ha, I would mash you, keyboard warrior. 
And then uh, Mary Bacon mocked him back by saying, just like you mashed that meathead at the gym yelling at his girlfriend, vegan diet is very unhealthy, hashtag science. So uh, ignoring the, the vegan versus meat eaters debate here. This is the second time in a month now that Negranu has talked about mashing someone that he doesn't like. And I, I've never seen this out of him before. So, so what's going on here? Is, is Negranu, uh, is, he, is he taking roids? Is this roid rage? Is this just uh, a, an aggressiveness that's coming out of him because he's been going to the gym and, and pumping himself up? What is going on here with, with Negranu and, and talking about mashing people? It's just, this is so unlike him. And I, I wonder if there's something else going on. I, th- I thought Choice Center, which he's part of, is it promotes. I was going to say they must be putting something in the Kool Aid. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought that's promoting like like understanding of your fellow human beings and, and keeping calm and not letting your emotions get to you. I thought that those are the big themes of Choice Center. So that now he's talking about mashing people, including just the guy. And keep in mind, it's not like Bacon was threatening him. It's not like Mary Bacon was saying, "Hey, Negroni, next time I see you, I'm going to kick your ass, you scrawny twitch or something." And you know, he didn't say that. He he, he said uh, he's just making. Uh, he's making a response about the eating peanuts, saying that uh, you, you can get the same thing by eating a ribeye steak. And then said your, your body's going to continue to shrink. So, he, yes, he was mocking Negranu's body, say, saying that you're a vegan, you're going to keep getting you know, skinnier. But uh, he was never threatening him or anything. He was never even talking about any kind of contest of strength or anything like that. So, And by the way, one person retweeted it. So I, think, I think Bacon actually retweeted it. Let me see. Um, oh, this is weird. I'm trying to look who retweeted it. It says, one user has asked not to be shown in this view. So we're not supposed to see who retweeted it. Why? <laughs> like, why, why would someone retweet it and then hide that they retweeted it? That's so weird. Maybe only it's protected account or something. I don't know. Yeah. And that, so there's one retweet and then six people liked it, but given that Negranu has like uh, a ton of followers, let's see, he has uh, 428,000 followers, and of those, only six people liked it. I mean, I get, I get more than six people liking uh, the things that I tweet out sometimes. A lot of the time. So, that's, uh, I, I guess the I Will Mash You keyboard warrior uh, didn't really go over the masses. But I I don't know what's going on with Negranu. I, I don't know. Can, can going to the gym like bring out a violent side of you? Or, or is it possible that uh, there's something else going on here? I, I don't know. I mean, I used to hit the gym pretty hard, and I don't think so. Not really. Yeah, it's unless the only one thing I could guess here is if if someone going to the gym before going there had the perception like that that they weren't physically strong and they were always afraid of physical confrontation because they thought they're going to get their asses kicked. Then they go to the gym and then they they feel they're getting stronger and they're feeling they're getting more powerful and they've always wanted to talk this way but before were afraid to and now feel like they 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 can handle it. They, this is what they've been waiting for. They've I guess that'd be the only explanation. Other than that, I couldn't see it just going to the gym. Well, Trough, you can try going to the gym for a couple months and see how you react, and uh, we'll hear you on air. No, I'd see, I don't think I would. I don't think I would go on here saying that I'm going to mash people or <laughs> I want to beat up some guy because he's you know, treating his girlfriend well. I mean, I, I just I, I couldn't see this affecting my mindset. Well, what's affecting your mindset right now in regards to the uh, PFA uh, login not secure? It's compromised. What's going on with that? It's not compromised. It's just Google being stupid. That's all. Nothing, so it's, it's safe to log in? Or? Yes. Safe to log in. I don't, you, I don't know, man. 
Google says it's not safe, Drew. <laughs> well, no, I'm on Firefox, and it's saying that... Uh... Oh, now Firefox is on the span wagon, too? Great. It, there's... Yeah. Uh, like I told you last week, there's no avoiding it, Druff. No. I it was just Firefox, so maybe it's. I don't know what, what's the problem with this because there's a lot of sites that come up secure, and I mean, I, I just don't have it configured that way. It's just so not. You're not HTTPS. No, I, right. I I didn't think it was necessary. It would have been extra effort. It's going to get worse and worse. It, it probably, it probably will. Do we need a free will. roll for this? Or? It probably will. Yeah, maybe we need a free roll for this. <laughs> maybe the, the, the fun Druff's uh, conversion of the site to HTTPS. Yeah, it's not a certificate, Druff. It's only 200 Oh, wait a minute. Is that where it went, the 200 bucks? Ah, <laughs> uh, no wonder. Well, no, yeah. actually, uh, Druff, you'll appreciate it. You're, you can get a certificate absolutely free. Really? Okay. I There's no reason to pay for an SSL certificate. Oh, okay. I got, I got to get this then. That's my, my one barrier to entry has been removed. It is completely free. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's still effort though. That's that, that can't be taken away. It is effort. It, that's, that's, there's two well, barriers. Are there any programmers on the site? Well, there, there's, uh, I don't know any. Yeah. There, there's two barriers to entry here. The first one was the effort, and the second one was the cost. But I, I was trying to just say the effort. It sounds better. What's the cost? $200? No, it's actually zero. He's saying it, it doesn't cost anything now. No, but if it did cost 200 that would be expensive? Well, it's. I, I don't feel I'm getting much gain out of it. I, but now the cost is... Zero point <laughs> zero. So I don't have that excuse anymore. Well, you should have told me about it earlier. I could have had you in the free roll making the top five, and you could have got the 200 for the site. This is what's weird about... Uh, something weird actually happened with Poker Fraud Alert this week. So someone... I think it was actually that same Bacon guy. He he tweeted to me that he got this weird screen when he went to Poker Fraud Alerts. So he showed me a screen that was the mobile version. But I, I had thought that I turned that off. Because the mobile versions kind of fail, and I... I most people who browse the site with their mobile phone just prefer to see it normally. They don't want to see the crappy mobile version that V-Bulletin made. So I just uh, I turned it off. And for whatever reason, this week it turned itself back on, and it was coming up sometimes for people coming in on, on mobile phones, and, and even sometimes when you weren't, which is even weirder. Like I Through my laptop, I was getting the mobile version. So I, I think I've shut it off completely now, but that was weird. That just happened out of nowhere. And whenever I see those things happen, I think the Russians are in. I get, I get like paranoid about Russia. I, I can understand Trump and all this whole thing with Russia because, like, I, I ever since the Russians got into this site in January, I've been very paranoid about Russia. Yeah, we actually for one site that was getting some unwelcome attention, uh, we basically just black holed all of Russia. That's what I'm thinking of doing. So I mean, we I'm, just black hold the IP blocks that pertain to Russia. And just, I mean, it didn't matter. We, we, you know, we didn't have any customers from there anyway. That's, so that's, that's what I was thinking of doing. And I, in fact, I did this on another site, on that Vegas Casino Talk site, before it was Vegas Casino Talk. And I was just administrating it. They were just getting this massive spam attack from China. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a massive spam attack. So I said, okay, <laughs> that's one way to handle this one. Bye-bye. And, yeah, I, since we didn't have any users from mainland China, it was fine. Now, obviously, there are ways around it, but you're going to drastically yeah. cut down on that crap. Yes. I think I, I'm getting close to the time of doing that. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Negranu. It's, it's weird. Now, he always goes through odd phases. So that's that's something I'm going to say. He's 
he's he's not. I mean, he went through the Christian phase. Obviously, he's in the long term choice center phase. Uh, he, he he's done a lot of different things over time. There, where he gets into something temporarily. Uh, there's a, the phase where he was acting like he was black for a while. Like he he goes through these kind of <laughs> odd phases where, where you kind of get a different Negranu as time passes, and then he's eventually yeah. reverts back to himself. The only I, one, the only one that's really stuck has been the choice center thing. I always feel bad about, you know, busting on Negranu cause he's, he, he's always seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah, I met him a couple times and he always seemed really nice and personable and all that stuff. But be honest with me, Druff, if he announced tomorrow that he was transitioning to a woman, <laughs> you, would you say, no way that doesn't that's impossible no no i wouldn't be i wouldn't be shocked by that no i, I wouldn't yeah i wouldn't be shocked with anything with him now he just goes through these odd phases it's, it's right. just uh, there's so many of them and I, I agree with you like i i like negranu in general he's never been involved in any kind of scandal he's he, he's he's spoken out against other scandals that have happened he's uh, he's always very friendly to all of his fans uh he, he's he good for poker yeah. he's, he's like a good guy overall so right i don't i don't want to make fun of him too much but uh he does go through these odd phases it's true well that's if he does go through that phase it's pretty hard to fucking come back from so daniel <laughs> think about it <laughs> you know you're, you're not going to be able to come back from that as quickly as yeah. from some of the others so. the, the only the only thing i've really had to come out and debunk though on this show was you know this long-standing rumor that he was gay i said look i i've seen yeah, the, the, the obsession he had with Amanda Leatherman. I just, I right. just couldn't imagine a gay guy having that. You just, no, I know he's. I mean, who who knows? I mean, he could be bisexual or whatever. But I know, I, I definitely know that he likes women. Yeah, you, the thing is, you just can't you can't get obsessed with a girl like that to that extent if you're gay. It's just not possible because you just don't have the the drive to do it. Right. So, uh, and uh, so okay, let, let's let's see here. Uh, Doom, I see, got fourth in tonight's tournament, so he got uh, thirteen dollars. He said, "Druff got fourth in tonight's tournament. What does that pay out? Can he send the money to my GoFundMe campaign? Let's see, is he being, is he fuck? joking? I, I hope I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about his GoFundMe. The funny thing is, I was I was walking the the ancient dog the other night, and I had the call to listen line on, and I heard Doom." In this long contest we put him through about about hip hop music, <laughs> and you, you were part of it too, Calvot. Wait, what? And, and so was Trader Ruski. You were all here. Like it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that yeah, long. Yeah, I think Calvot was asking him most of the questions. I think, right? No, no, it was Brandon asking them. But, but Calvot wow. was 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 taking some guesses too. And, and Trader Ruski, I think you provided the prize or something like that. It was a, uh, but it was a long thing. And he started out really badly, but then at the end he came back and uh, ended up. Uh, Almost winning and they're missing the last question, but oh right, yeah. But right. Uh, I, I just heard that the other night, and that was like after the previous week we stiffed him out of even having being on the contest. Like he called in, and then then, then like Lou Father called in and interrupted it, and I, I just never got back to Doom. And Brandon got mad, and uh, you know a lot of things happened. So anyway, that's uh, congrats to Doom for finishing fourth and. $13, which is much better than fourth usually pays. You usually get about $5 there. Here is something that will not get you any dollars, but is was interesting enough to me to make a topic of the show, and that is the topic of video poker being therapeutical. And I, I never thought... I mean, it makes sense once I think about it, but 
It was something Is I... Is that a word? Probably not, but therapeutic, fine. Not therapeutical. Cool. No, it probably is a therapeutic. Wow, no, it is a word. No, it is. Like, I, see, I was doubting myself. Yeah. Okay, so I will say it would be a therapeutical. Yeah. I don't know if I'm using it right, though. But okay. I don't know either. <laughs> so so th- this is what's going on here. Uh, a hospital in Henderson, Nevada. Henderson is next to Las Vegas. It's in the Las Vegas area. There is a hospital that has decided to use video poker, a play money version of it, where you're not risking any money. They're not a licensed casino or anything, so they couldn't offer it. This is more than internet this, access. This, no, it's, it's what less, powers uh, your business. Fucks? No, and no, says, no. I've tried to read the damn article, and it's forcing me into the Spectrum ad. This is more than internet access. This is a... I thought, I thought that thought Fernando was making ads or something. <laughs> this, is, this, this is more than internet access. This is a forced ad on your radio show. So annoying. Spectrum is bringing you forced advertisements on any podcast you do. Now, so this this is a, a Henderson Hospital that's at uh, Health South Rehabilitation Hospital of Henderson. I've never heard of it, but they have decided that video poker exercises your brain, and there are certain people who who need to do that who are recovering such as ones who have uh, brain injuries and they need to uh, stimulate the part of their brain that deals with uh, memory with focus reasoning attention span things like that so this hospital has other things there that they use for uh, physical therapy they have a ski ball game they have an air hockey table they have a this is the weirdest thing a supermarket within the hospital but it's stocked with fake food and fake drinks <laughs> You, you think with the money that hospitals charge, they could stock it with real food and real drinks. But uh, I, I guess these are experiences that you're supposed to go through if, you, if you're trying to recover something and, and do it in more of a fun way. So what, the, what they're doing here is they're, they're trying to put these unorthodox tools of therapy that, that are more fun to be involved with there so, so patients will want to do it. And that they, if they said, you, 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 like, for example, the, a traditional way to get patients to do physical therapy, and I'm not talking about uh, for their brain, but physical therapy would be, you know, stand at a table and lift weights. But they say you, you want to try to have them do that, but then they won't want to do it. So they're saying that uh, uh, you, you bring them video poker, and it, it brings two benefits. Number one, they can put the video poker in a location where they actually have to stand and play it, where there's no sitting down. So they said you, if you distract them with video poker, they can stand for 15 minutes and not even think about it. So that's number one for someone they're trying to get to stand for 15 minutes as part of therapy. Instead of making them just stand there, they're doing something interesting. They forget they're even standing. And, and number two, uh, the, the video poker has become it, – it's been helpful for patients who have brain injuries because of, of what I'm saying, that they have to use memory, they have to focus, they have to reason, they have to pay attention – yeah, and they and they can't use slots because if they do that, they'll start smoking and driving around and hover around. <laughs> yeah. So the, <laughs> now I I wonder if they're giving like any kind of like people, a lot of these patients may have never played video poker before. Maybe they have no idea what to do or what the strategy is or like are are they trying to? So I would think the. I guess it doesn't matter if you're playing the right strategy. I would say may, maybe the most stimulating would be to teach someone the right strategy and then have them try to play it, then you really have to think what you're doing. Otherwise, if you just kind of like, well, I think I think I should go for this such rate, okay. Like, it, it depends on how much thought's going into it. I find when I play video poker, the most thought I end up putting into it is where 
I really have to stop and think, wait, is this the right move? Like in these tougher spots. Like, like for example, if you're dealt Queen of Spades, Ace of Spades, Jack of Spades, Four of Spades, and then some other card, that like the, the Nine of Hearts or something, it doesn't matter. So you have three f- to a Royal, but you also have four to a Flush. Which one do you keep? So that, those are the type of questions which you have to know video poker to... Uh, to, to choose which is the right one to do. I think Alan Kessler has found his hospice care facility. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's true. Whenever he that's decides true. to put himself out to pasture, he should go there. No, I think the problem is if they put Alan Kessler there, even if it's for imaginary credits, he's going to complain about the pay table. <laughs> <laughs> so they're actually using that, though. At this hospital, they, again, this is for play money. It's for imaginary credits, as they say. But I actually see there's a picture of like this this woman with like a breathing tube on who looks like in pretty bad shape and she's sitting in front of a video poker machine in, in her hospital gown. So it does seem kind of weird. Like you you have some kind of brain injury and you're you're recovering in the hospital and they they say okay time to go play video poker. It makes sense to me though because there there've been studies they've done for a long time that say that you know. People that play games when they get older and that kind of stuff that it helps with their cognitive ability. So. I'm not real surprised. Yeah, it makes know? it makes sense, especially if if the people want to do it and they don't have to force them and, they, and they're right. engaged with it, then it doesn't really matter if it if it also has some kind of uh, gambling association, especially if they're not really gambling. Now, well, let, let's say you have some kind of a physical injury, right? Um, I mean, you do physical therapy to kind of rehab it, and they they start you out slow and then you know build you up to doing stuff to exercise it, and this is. Doing the same thing for your brain, right? Yeah, it's kind of exercising it in a way. Yeah, and then they ha- they have to. Yeah, so it, it makes sense, and I thought it's kind of an innovative thing that they're doing here. And of course, it's in Las Vegas, which wouldn't have to be since these are not for real money. They could actually do this anywhere. They don't need a gambling license. It doesn't need to be a state where gambling is legal. <laughs> yeah, maybe more more receptive to the citizens of Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I thought that was. Kind of an odd story, but at the same time, it makes sense. And I, though I wonder if they're going to leave the the rehab with a gambling problem. They'll say, "Oh well, I won, I, I won ten thousand credits. Okay, time to go get rich." I mean, and and these are—is it mostly older people that are doing this, or yeah, is well, it anyone I, with? In, in the picture I saw, I was an older woman. I don't know, if, yeah, what the demographics are, but I mean, at that point, if they're enjoying it, you know, let them rack up a huge gambling debt and then just <laughs> stiff somebody else with it, you know. Well, maybe the part of the new uh, Trump health plan. Maybe they can cover gambling losses while you're in the hospital. Yeah, maybe that could be a new thing. Like uh, they'll they'll determine that playing for play credits is not stimulating enough to the brain. They I actually, could actually see that happen. They, they they need the actual risk involved of real gambling, and the, the health right. the health plan will cover it if they lose. And if they win, then they got to keep the money. It's a free roll. You have people who are, are purposely damaging their head just so they can get in and play free video poker. You know, as dumb as that sounds, somebody would try to do it. <laughs> yeah, someone, <laughs> you know? someone go, damn it, I lost $87,000 playing video poker. I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump off this balcony head first onto the concrete, and if I survive, I'll get to play free, free video poker and, and be risk-free to win money back in the hospital. It's genius. It's genius. Yeah. So, yeah, you know someone's going to try it. 
Yeah. So this is the Health South uh, Rehabilitation Hospital in Henderson. In general, Las Vegas has really crappy health care. I've experienced it personally. I, I would say that if you can avoid being treated for anything in Las Vegas, you're doing yourself a favor. The health care there just really sucks. Fortunately, I've never had to get anything major done, but there's a lot of complaints about health care in Vegas. It's very impersonal. They rush you through. They make a lot of mistakes. Not not the best quality of doctors out there. A lot of problems. So I would, whenever whenever I have to have an issue come up and I'm in Vegas, I kind of wince when I think about having to go to any kind of healthcare provider over there. Now, what? Let's say you're laid up in a hospital in Las Vegas, and the doctor comes in and tells you. We've got to amputate either one of your arms or your dick, <laughs> and and you have to pick one. Which would you go for? Um, it, if my dick gets amputated, what what, what happens after that? Like, <laughs> well, you basically have Brittany Grinder's clit or Brittany Grinder's clit. So, I, 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 so yeah. I can I can still pee normally. Like, what, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you can pee out of it, sure. You have like a little button, you know, like the uh, the video poker button. I, I think I'd have to lose the arm. Hmm. At least right now, like maybe later on when I'm older, I'll choose the other thing. What if we up the ante to it's both arms or your? No, no, no. Then I then I'd have to. Then the penis is going to go. Yeah, then it's going to go. No, I can't. I can't have zero arms. Yeah. Especially, you know. What's the point in having no uh, having a penis if you have no arms? Yeah, no arms. <laughs> I mean, it kind of kind of diminishes things a little bit. That's true. You know, I, speaking of video poker, uh, I, I once I was mentioning at the beginning of the show during our long intro. I once had kind of a video poker injury. It didn't last very long, but I played a sick amount of video poker in a short time at Harris Rincon two years ago. It was right around exactly two years ago. I think it was this week in March 2015. And I, I played so much, I did not even leave the rink on. I never set foot outside for five straight days. And in fact, I, I figured out that that was the longest time I had ever gone in my life, at least since I was uh, not like a tiny baby, but like as far as I could remember in my life, even going back to like four years old, that was the longest time I'd ever gone without setting foot outside in any way. But that, that wasn't the point I was trying to make. It was that I played so much that on the final day I was playing, my right arm couldn't do it anymore. It actually was was sore. It actually was my it wasn't my it was my wrist that was sore. It was my arm. So I actually had to switch and play with my left arm. And I found it was very awkward to play video poker with left handed. Not because I wasn't left handed, but just because it's not really made for left handers. So I felt bad for the left handed video poker players. I don't think that's going to count as a sports injury, though, Drew. No, I was say, I didn't know you were an athlete. <laughs> and and this uh, the the only thing taking my mind off of it was like some meth head girl approached me there. I think I've told that before on here. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I just I, I I I didn't even ask her to go away. Like I, I let her just sit there because I, I I just needed to break the monotony up somehow. I need I needed like a, a mental break from the whole thing. So I just I let the meth head sit next to me. And plus, she, you know she wasn't going to charge you no 200 bucks for a blowjob. Yeah, well, she, yeah, she was missing teeth, so it may have been a good one. <laughs> God. Yeah, she, she looked like... And the funny thing is, like, I could see in her that she was probably once, like, fairly hot. 
I could I could see beyond like she was around my age, maybe a little younger, but I, I could tell that a long time ago, before all this happened, she she was probably good looking. And that is really tough for a lot of women to deal with, um, especially women women that are not very well grounded. Um, if they were attractive when they were younger and they were used to uh, a certain level of courtesy and treatment and special treatment, um, and then when their looks go and that disappears, that can be pretty hard for a lot of Oh, a lot yeah, of it's got to be very tough. And, and then they also know it's never coming back. It's like they can't just go yeah. bring it back. Unless it's like weight-related and they just lose weight. But if it's if it's something that's not really just weight-related, right? then... Yeah, then you, you just not only know it's gone now, it's just, it's just going to get worse every day. <laughs> it's, right. It's not only not coming back, you're probably just going to keep getting worse. So, Well, and it's tough because if your whole life you're used to being treated one way and then you know, then you start being treated like everyone else, it can be a little bit of a shock. Yeah, and, and if you derive some or a lot of your self-esteem from exactly. the way you look and, and that's, that's disappeared and it's never coming back it, it just sucks yeah. And yeah you can you can have the memory of back then and you can talk about it and you can you can yep. post old pictures on facebook but the bottom line is you look in the mirror you're not that person anymore right so yeah yep. vicious cycle when they get depressed do more math <laughs> yeah and the next thing you know you end up you're sitting next to druff at video poker yeah, she was, she was asking me like to to show her how to make money playing video poker and all this other crap, and I'm just going, yeah, okay, you know, sure, I'll I'll I'll, yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. We can do it. Like I knew I wasn't going to be here tomorrow, so I was just like, see, that's the funny thing about this is it, is you know, Druff is sitting there, and he's thinking, you know, wow, I've really hit rock bottom. I'm sitting next to this meth addict, and then the meth addict is sitting there going, wow, I've really hit rock bottom. I'm sitting here next to some dude that's playing video poker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there, there really is. That the- would be a great movie, like showing how those two lives converge. <laughs> <laughs> then there's like this whole drug culture, also in the, the, the Rincon. There's like this this drug crowd that she was part of there. That I saw her hanging out with different people there. That, that they all knew each other. They were all part of the whole same like Rincon drug culture. It was it was weird. Hmm. It was weird. I don't know if it still exists. It was two years ago, but back then it did. So let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's see, the chat room, I said something about this. Uh, philosopher says she probably noticed Druff was there five days straight and thought maybe he got some meth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe that's true. It very well could be true. I mean, it's not a, it's not that big of a place. So it's possible she did see me. Uh, there, there, by the way, speaking of girls who were like once good looking, there were in that in that drug group. There was one girl part part of that group who didn't look like she belonged. Like she was probably like late twenties and blonde and pretty, and like she totally didn't look like she fit in. But she was part of that whole group, which is like some male, some female. And like the rest of them, I could totally see being into that. And she, she was like the only one who didn't fit. So I'm going, okay, well, I better come back. I bet if I came back now and saw her, she'd look a bit different. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it happens to us too, right? Um, as men, you know, we're not getting any prettier as we get older either. Yeah. But it's a little bit different, though, because we, we haven't, or, or most men don't have that kind of uh, special privilege that they kind of lose when their looks go yeah you know? well yes and then there's the second factor in that uh there's a number of, of younger women that want to date older men and With for them money. for that yeah for them it's, it's, sometimes <laughs> it's about money sometimes it's not but but the, the ones that do it's, it's it's usually not about looks so so the man doesn't have to worry that much about what he looks like today because that's not at that point in his life and like in his 40s or 50s he's not yeah. going to have 
the looks aren't going to be that big of a factor in attracting women anymore anyway, as long as they're not terrible. Right. Right. Like if right. they if they're exceptionally good, it'll help. And if they're exceptionally bad, it'll really hurt. But if somewhere in the middle, it doesn't matter as much anymore. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, okay. So let me get to the, what's the next topic here. I always lose the agenda at least once a show. Let's see. The, uh, I always picture like you got a pile of papers on your desk. It's like, pretty I much know the agenda is here somewhere. Where is it? <laughs> it's a it's a pile of windows that just keep adding up and a, a pile of tabs that keep adding up in Google Chrome as I'm during doing the show and then the agenda kind of just disappears. Don't forget so, to use that private browsing draft. <laughs> so here's uh, the next one. Daily Fantasy Sports. They have uh, they they bullied the AP somehow that uh, the AP meeting the Associated Press and I thought this was amusing. Let me get to the uh, here we are. This is a tweet from a person named Dustin Gooker and he was tweeting from uh, the Associated Press something that they put out today. Dustin Gooker tweeted, apparently the daily fantasy sports industry has beaten the Associated Press into submission. Well played. Now, so what does he mean by this? This is what it says. This is an update from the Associated Press dated today. Jackson, Mississippi, in a story March 14th, that is just a day ago, the Associated Press reported that a bill signed by Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant would require operators of fantasy sports contests to verify that participants in the contest are at least 21. The story should have specified that the participants in the casinos must be at least 21, while the participants in online co- contests must be at least 18. So, okay, that's, that's a fair correction to have to make. But then, the last line. The story also should have made clear that the bill refers to, quote, entry fees rather than bets for participants in the contest. <laughs> so... They're actually issuing a, cor- a correction, first on a factual thing about the ages, but then they actually issued a second correction in the same little blurb that they should have made clear that the bill refers to entry fees rather than bets. So they were, the Daily Fantasy Sports, probably the two big sites, leaned on AP saying, don't call it bets, that's gambling. It's entry fees. Entry fees, they're not bets. So the Associated Press got so scared, they actually issued that correction saying that, it was, that it's referring to entry fees rather than bets. Now they can argue, well, that they were just saying what the bill refers to rather than uh, what it really is. But still, I mean, to, to issue that correction. And it is bets. I don't care if you call it entry fees. Uh, look, when I go play the World Series, these are entry fees. But I'm still betting. I'm still gambling. You better believe every, every uh, World Series tur- tournament I'm playing, I am gambling, even if I'm just submitting an entry fee at the beginning and playing with uh, with chips that are not real money. So, ent- an entry fee to win money in a contest, which has elements of chance, is gambling. And it's funny how they pressured the AP to correct that when they talked about bets. And I tweeted out, if it bets like a duck, wins like a duck, loses like a duck, relies upon elements of chance like a duck, it's a duck. So, that's 
that's what I have to say about gambling with, with daily fantasy sports. It is gambling. Does, does that uh, pre-Perara firing help them? Uh, was he on them for? I didn't know if he started something with them. I don't remember. I think he did, but I'm trying to remember now. I'm not sure if he did or not. Um, even if he was after them at some point, uh, the truth is, whoever takes off takes that office next will probably continue on that route. I I have to say, probably since since he was so aggressive against online gaming. Whoever comes after him probably couldn't be worse. I think whoever comes after him is either going to be the same or not as bad for for online gambling. That's just my guess, though. It just seems like there's so many things they could be going after. There are. But as long as they think there's a lot of money in it, it's the easy thing to go after, they will. That's that's the problem. Is it's, uh, it's not that hard to bust. It's a lot easier to bust online poker. And it's payment processors than it, than it is a lot of these other complex criminal organizations with hardened criminals. So, yeah, it's easier to bust companies that are selling golf balls from the Caymans, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you should blow that guy up from earlier draft that affiliate guy because I mean clearly he I mean and now he happened to win the lottery to buy the URL. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably his company all along. He's pushing things in. At some point, it switched, and then he's basically cashing the players out at 30% because he's just saying, oh, I'm getting you 30% of your money because they seem to be going out of business. Yeah, I mean, I, That could be a scenario. I don't think he was the sole owner of it. I And, and someone actually posted – I forgot to mention this during the Full Flesh story. Someone posted on 2 Plus 2 back in December a list of the owners of the site. And, of course, the person who posted it was like a fake account, so we, we don't know if that person is reliable. But – it, some names were listed, including one that was involved with UB back in the day. So uh, he was not listed in that group of owners. The owners listed in Full Flesh were uh, Jorge Barahona, uh, Hugues Marion, uh, Victor Biggio, Clive Archer, and Ben Johansson. And that the legal holder of the company was called Tooth Data Price, Tooth Data Processing, located in Costa Rica, uh, run by Leon Vargas. And they claim that uh, $2 million in balances were stolen. It's not clear who made this post. but uh, So this guy, John Brown, was not listed there. If I had to guess, I would say he probably didn't own it, but he probably had some kind of really good deal with them that he didn't want to see end. He didn't want to see the gravy train derailed and he was he was willing to lead people into depositing their when it was very unsafe and trick them into doing so because he that was the only way the gravy train was going to not be derailed if he got got enough of those people. So it was pretty much I want to sacrifice everybody else to save myself. So that that's what I, I have no proof of that, that that's what I think here it's possible he owned a piece of it. But I and it's even possible that maybe they, they, they got him to invest into it. I just this guy's been around a long time. He's always been this hustler type. I, I don't see him being even dumb enough to invest in a failing site. Like I, I couldn't see him being dumb enough that if they came to him and said, "Look, we just need three hundred thousand dollars to you know, stay afloat, and we'll give you this percentage of the site." I think he's been around so long. He's seen so many sites go down that he wouldn't do it. So. Uh, Trader Rescue does make an interesting point. Like, you know, this guy was the sole affiliate 
for this place, and and he just happened to be the guy that won the auction. Now, I mean, sure, he could be the only guy that uh, was actually watching the domain because he knew of it and was looking to buy it. But it is kind of interesting that he ends up getting it. You know, it's possible that they could have had this auction. First of all, it's possible that there was no auction; they just handed it to him. It's a, it's a second. Right. It's it's possible that they almost rigged it for him, saying we're going to hold an auction that we're not going to tell anyone about, and then uh, very true. You'll just be the winner. Yeah, uh, I. This this is really obnoxious on his part. There's no question, and uh, and yeah, I, I he's already blown up on two on, on not two plus two on, on poker fraudler. Interestingly enough, two plus two protects him for some reason. Uh, the the mods over on two plus two like Boba Fett and others. If anyone posts this guy's info or any, anyone uh, forget even posting his info, if anyone's too harsh on him. They actually delete posts saying that the, the posts are too rude, which is really weird because 2 plus 2 doesn't typically protect scammers like that, especially ones not directly associated with their site. So I, I don't know what they're doing there, but I, I think he just got friendly with some of the mods. So, uh, and, and someone else who would be interesting, interested, or interesting to contact would be, I actually covered on this show some guy that ripped John Brown off, that John Brown made a website exposing him. And I believe the guy really was like a scammer who ripped him off, but he really blew off that guy on like a website you know, trashing him. It was some guy he they, they they staked or something. But I'd love to be in contact with him and see what he knows. I'm sure he'd be very willing to talk. He sounds like he would be thrilled. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I, I think this should be pursued further. It, like, I've known about this full flush thing ever since... Uh, you know, 10 months ago, but now that he's bought or obtained this full flush domain is still trying to exploit this for some sort of gain. It's just ridiculous. Just, that, that might be a good uh, faithful sign call to that guy. Yeah, it, it might be. I just, I, You're doing an investigation. You've been brought in by the Trump administration. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to find his number though. I'm not sure if this guy's easy to find. He's, I think he's kind of hiding out from a lot of debt. So it's maybe a tough person to reach, and maybe like a Tom Dwan situation. But you know, Tom Dwan, by the way, his phone number kind of got around to a lot of people. Mm. But he was so hard to reach because he just never answered his phone. You just got a, a full voicemail. You go, "Hey, this is Tom. You leave a message. I'll get back to you." This mailbox is full. Please try again later. Bye. So, like, what do you do at that point? You sound like someone who dialed it. No comment. <laughs> okay, let's see what we have here. Did I lose it again? I think I, oh, I I just closed it. That's great. I had it and I closed it. I actually had the agenda and I it, the, the tab was so small. I clicked X on it. So speaking of tabs, Druff, my edible is kicking in. So, uh, you're edible. What the uh, the Nyquil? Yeah. Okay. I thought, I thought, you took an edible too. Yeah, I thought I thought, <laughs> no. I, I thought you took Nyquil and an edible. That's what I thought for a second too. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm I'm old with kids, man. I don't take drugs for recreational yeah. purposes anymore. <laughs> I was gonna say it must you, not have been liquid Ny- Nyquil though, right? No, no, it was the the pill or whatever. Yeah, yeah, a shot of that lit, lit, liquid Nyquil. I'm out with like a light. Like yeah, 10 me. Minutes. Yeah, mine's like twenty minutes. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm out super oh, fast. Trader Ruski. I mean, you know, uh, nothing know personal. Not, but if if, the, if chamomile tea <laughs> takes you out, I mean, Nyquil is just going to lay you up for days, right? Yeah, that's true. Chamomile tea is usually my chaser. Yeah. Okay. So, 
I want to get to the topic that we were going to talk about last week, but did not have time. And that is that David Bezoff, the former CEO who left in disgrace of uh, Amaya, which owns PokerStars, has sold off all of his shares of Amaya for $99 million. On March 9th, David Bezov announced that he sold uh, 30% of... uh, I guess he didn't sell everything. Never mind. I I thought that he sold everything. But he sold uh, 30% of his stake in the company. And... uh, that was for about uh, $99 million. He sold off 7 million shares at uh, 19 Canadian dollars each, which uh, translated to 132 million Canadian dollars, which is about uh, 99 million U.S. dollars. The You may wonder, why was he selling? Why did he drop so much of his stock there? Well, what had happened was that uh, he was trying to do a hostile takeover of Amaya, and Amaya wasn't having it. Amaya didn't want him to do this, and Amaya was uh, made a change to their corporate rules to prevent him from taking over. Uh, the company uh, put out a press release one point recently, saying, at the request of certain lenders, the amendment also modifies the change of control provision to remove the ability of a certain current shareholder, whatever that is, to directly or indirectly acquire control of Amaya without triggering an event of default and potential acceleration of the repayment of debt under the credit agreement for the first lien-term loans. So, So basically... Uh, what this did here is is it made it to where if if he were to take over, that the banks would 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 no longer cooperate with any kind of refinancing requests. So that that ruined everything, because uh, they, they they put in terms regarding uh, the acceleration of repayment of debt for the company that would immediately take place if he were to take over. They, they put that in the corporate rules specifically to prevent him from taking over. And uh, not only that, but, but uh, some of his previous takeover attempts were, were frustrating Amaya. For example, uh, the last one supposedly included four other investors that he had on board, and it turned out that two of the investors were real and two of the investors were were fake. <laughs> so, uh, now, I, before selling it, he had about uh, 17% of, of the company's shares. He was the second largest shareholder. And uh, now that he sold off those, the, you know, 30% of his shares, I, I guess he now has what, like... Uh, Probably 12% of the company still. For some reason, I, I thought that he sold off everything, but he didn't. 
Not sure why he didn't sell off everything, why he only sold off uh, 30% of what he had. I had misread the article originally. Uh, This is the official press release of of his sale. It says, uh, David, March 7th, 2017, David Bezoff announced earlier today that he disposed of ownership of 7 million common shares of Amaya Inc. through the Toronto Stock Exchange at $19 per share for an aggregate amount of $133 million Canadian dollars, representing approximately 4.8% of the issued and outstanding common shares. After giving effect to this disposition, Mr. Bezoff owns 17.6 million common shares, representing approximately 12.1% of, uh, of the issued and outstanding common shares. So I guess he still owes uh, 12% of Amaya. But uh, it, it's being said that he's he did this, that he sold off what he did, because he, he's basically giving up in, in the... Uh, hostile takeover attempt. So he's, I guess he wants to invest the money elsewhere now. He, he feels he doesn't, he, he doesn't need 70% anymore since he's, uh, he's given up on trying to take over the company. That might just make it too tough on him. David Bezoff was the one who decided to remove those benefits from supernova elites retroactively last year, which got everybody, everybody so mad. And Amaya itself had very questionable beginnings, rising from being a tanning salon to eventually becoming a uh, an online gaming company operator. In fact, operated a lot of companies that uh, screwed players. And there's also the insider trading allegations. A lot, a lot of shady stuff associated with Amaya. So they they. Bezoff seems to be the center of a lot of it. I, I think they just want they want him gone. They definitely don't want him in control again. So that is is all we have tonight for our scheduled topic. Someone asking is is TMMO Gay still on the line? No, he just disappeared. Someone saying he snapped himself off. He really did. He just vanished. I, I didn't even notice. He's just gone. So, FTP Jesus, by the way, I see in the chat, says, uh, Vegas has an offer, an awesome level one trauma unit, but that's it. Pay scale for nurses sucks is why I ended up in Arizona instead of Nevada. Yeah, FTP Jesus is actually a male nurse. So he's, he lives in, in the Phoenix area. And he's saying that he, he went to go work there instead of Nevada because the pay scale in Vegas sucks. Interesting. So, if anybody wants to call in, 775-FRAUD-55-775-372-8355. That's the number to this show. I'm going to read a, a text I got regarding uh, the intro. I know a lot of people complain about the long intro. Where is it here? Got to find it. Okay, here we go. It's from the 815. I listen regardless how long your intro is, but I've given the link of your podcast to quite a few poker players, professional and recreational. Most common response is, I'm almost an hour in, and he's still into the intro, so I turned it off. This model works for die-hard, long-time listeners. If, if If your goal is to gain bigger numbers... You probably need to consider 
one to two sentences on each topic, then next on the agenda would leave more anticipation for your full analysis to come. I do think you do a great job, and only speaking from a personal consumer perspective. Thanks for filling up six hours of quality ear time per week. Yeah, I agree with that too, Jeff. Because I think the whole call to listen line, you could even put that like in the middle of the podcast like a commercial. Because everybody's <laughs> listening at that that takes up five or ten minutes. Right? Uh, I'm, just so, I'm just so I'm so perpetually excited by the call to listen line. It's hard to bottle it in. <laughs> okay. Then, then he also said, uh, "Your content has huge mass appeal and could grow to number one." As far as I'm concerned, I'm sure you know the ways to appeal to masses without without selling out. I'm not going to sell out. There's no one to even sell out to. But uh, yeah, I've always wondered about the appeal. Okay, so. We have a pretty poker-heavy content show, so it wouldn't have mass appeal to people who were not at least somewhat interested in poker. But ignoring that part, assuming we have a a potential audience of anyone who has some interest in poker, I've always wondered what the mass appeal would be. Like, like how, how much appeal would there be to the average listener who finds it are they going to want to come back? And I'm not talking about people who are biased in a certain way, like you know, one of Lyman's listeners who listens just for him and you know, hears us fighting, he doesn't want to listen to this show again. That, that makes sense. But just the average person who turns it on, I, I have a number of people who contact me who say they they hadn't heard of the show before and found it in such and such way and loved it and said, oh, wow, I wish I found this before, and even goes back and listens to old episodes, which are not even timely anymore. So there's those people, but but there's other people sometimes who find it and, and say that, that they don't like this or that about the show and they're never listening again. So I don't know. I've always wondered about this show kind of stagnating. Is it from the lack of ability to be discovered? Because you can have the best show in the world, and if nobody knows it's out there, you're not, you're not going to get any listeners. Or is it from the lack of appeal to those who do discover it? And I've always wondered that. I've always wondered, like, if I had the access to a big audience who at least would listen to one show, uh, how many of them would I keep? There's no answer. I've just, I've just wondered. Right, but I think for the people that are out there, like, I forgot who texted, but, um, you know, when you're telling friends about it and stuff, maybe there needs to be some, some return dropped off earlier. No, I mean the guy raises a good point. That's that's, that's true. That if they if they are listening to a long agenda and it doesn't get anywhere, then they're they're just gonna tune out and say forget yeah. it. So. so maybe there's something first, quick through the agenda. I don't know. I'm gonna think about it. Yeah, I mean there probably is a problem with the beginning being too long. I, I've cut cut it down somewhat. You should hear what the, what the old days used to sound like. If you go back and listen to some of those, they they really take a long time. That's why, like, like I, I cut some things like, like the whole thing with the speech about the free roll. It, most of it's replaced now with uh, just poker for, pokerfraudler.com slash free roll for the rules. Uh, so, yeah, well, I'll, I'll reconsider what we can do about the intro to speed it up or cut some things out of it. So there's more time or we, we get to the stuff faster that is the main parts of the show. 
Or maybe I should bring back the Academy Award playoff music, and I'll just, every time you start uh, going too much, I'll just start pointing <laughs> you off. That's right. Okay, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Unless anybody wants to call in with uh, 775-372-8355, 775 fraud 55 or the Mount Charleston line, 702-430-1808. I'll take a call. Otherwise, uh, this show is going to end earlier. It's It's funny because... So last week, I felt so rushed, I felt like we had no time, and when I was done with the show, it felt like the show was super short, but it was still over three hours. So, like, of course, it's a lot shorter than we've done for most shows recently, but I'm still talking for over three hours. This time, I, I feel like we've been going for a while, and yet it's still only about three and a half hours. So, this show felt a lot longer than the last one, even though it's lengthwise not that much longer now it's only been six days since the last show and whenever we have less than a week even by only a day we have less to talk about because less happens so that's that's some of it too and next week we'll definitely have the the kate hall mike dentali match to talk about which is taking place on sunday and who knows what else and drop. Do we know how many entrants are in the uh, March Madness? No. Pool. No, I'm not. I, I, to be honest, I wasn't really following it that much. So. Okay, I just shipped you twenty for my two brackets. Oh, th- well, thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm holding that money. Yeah, basically, all the contests on Poker Fraud Alert. I, I made a rule a long time ago when the JSIP mess happened that that uh, any contest money has to be escrowed through me. And this way, nobody can run off with it. He, he had a contest, too. That it, that was only a very small percentage of what he stole, but he stole money through a contest he ran, too. So any, any contest entry fees that are on this site, they are escrowed through me. And these these don't ever have any kind of rake or anything. Every dollar that's put in gets paid out as a prize, and the site doesn't keep anything. But that everything has to be escrowed through me, so this way nobody runs off with the money. And uh, that that makes it uh, safe for everybody. So if you are considering playing that, uh, it, it's just something I'm mentioning for fun for anybody who wants to do it. It doesn't make the site any money. It's uh, you know every dollar that goes in gets paid right out to whoever's in the contest and wins. Just something I thought I'd mention to the listeners here if you want to do, and let you know that I'd be holding the money. See so if you don't necessarily trust PLOL. There's no reason not to trust him, but he's been around for a long time. But you'd be trusting me with the money, not any of the users here. But I I appreciate that he's running that. I appreciate those that either donate to these contests or put out the effort to run them. Because I I know either way, it's it's, you're doing something for the site. Uh, If you're putting out the effort to run it, it takes some time and effort. And if you are donating money, then you're giving your... Hard-earned money, and that's that's part of the reason I didn't want to just take C Money's two hundred dollars and throw it on tonight at the last second because I appreciate every dollar that's given here, and I don't want to waste it, even if it's not my money. I, I treat it as if it is, and also I I try to give everybody the flexibility to state what they want to do with that money for each contest. So this way, it does not get lost. Now. I want to thank I am Greek, who I know is a regular listener, regular live listener of this show. He sent me, as he did last year, two 
certificates for Sunday through Thursday stays without many black updates. I think for the most part, it's pretty much any Sunday through Thursday. At, I think it was Planet Hollywood. Either Planet Hollywood or Paris. One of those two properties. i got to look at it again. And all you pay is the resort fee. And if you're a Diamond or Seven Star member, then you don't even pay the resort fee. Of course, if you're Seven Star, you don't need it because you get the free room regardless. But if you're a Diamond member, then you'd get the room totally free. But even if you're not, a, a, it's Paris. Thank you, Diamond Preak. He, he updated it. Or he told me in the chat. But, uh, yeah, it's the Paris is, I think, the second best Caesars property in Vegas behind Caesars Palace. And you, this is a free room. And I have two certificates, a free room for two nights for just the resort fee and then for f- total free if, it's, uh, if you're a diamond or if there's a diamond staying in the room with you. So... Uh, this is a prize we will give out on a future show. It's good all the way till September 30th, so you have a long time to use it. And thank you very much, I Am Greek, for donating that. We will have some kind of contest. It won't be it won't be the free roll. I'll have some kind of contest, you know, like the older than the older or younger than draw for one of those type of games. We'll have on here. And uh, the only thing I'll ask if you guys want to participate in that contest is to only play if you really plan to use it. So if you just want to play for the sake of playing or play just so you can keep it just in case you go to Vegas. I don't want you to do that. I want, I want you to have real plans to use it during a Sunday through Thursday period in Vegas sometime between now and the end of September if you are going to play in that contest. So, Thank you, I Am Greek, for donating that. And I think we're done. I think we are done tonight. So thank you. Calwater, are you still here? Out. Oh, we lost Calawat. No wonder it got so quiet. Well, that's okay. He lasted most of the time until the edibles got him. <laughs> Trader Ruski, you lasted the whole time, so thank you for that. I did. It was a long shot, but I made it. I don't know if TMMLK was on 20 minutes, but I guess that's a moot point now. Thank you to both uh, Calawat and Trader Ruski for donating... Their money, 150 from Calwatt, 50 from Trader Ruski for the $200 free roll tonight with a $100 first prize. That was very generous, and I don't know, I was embarrassed when the show started. We had no money to give away, and it went quickly from no money to a lot of money. So that's very nice, and PM me, Dan Space Druff on the forum if you won, or email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. I know there's some people who are still waiting for some Bitcoin payments from previous weeks. I'm going to make those tonight before I go to sleep. So I apologize for the short delay on that. And we'll be back in a week, March 22nd, 2017, at around 7.30 p.m. most likely. I know we were late tonight, but should be back around 7.30 a week from today. And that is it. If you want to text me anytime before, during, or after the show, you can always text me at 775-372-8355, the main show phone number. So even if you're listening to this in the archives... What was that? That was a website popping up. I thought it was like a toilet flushing. I thought you were like... 
pulling a Wyman on me. <laughs> Wyman was so proud of himself for, for pissing on this show. What Lyman didn't understand is that I had him on for as long as I wanted to have him on. Like, like I, I felt like having a clown on the show that day. And when I was done with him, then I was done with him. He, he, he believes he took over. But that's the whole point of having a trained monkey, is you, you make him dance and you make him feel like he's in control. Anyway. <laughs> it's like the Joker has to dance for the, make the king laugh. Yes. All right. Thank you, Trader Risky. Thank you, audience, for listening. We'll be back next week on the 22nd. Good night and shalom. Shalom.